Dan. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the twentieth of September, twenty fifteen. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. It's the tree nut crossover. And Robert. True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you fucked that up. <laughs> you were trying to do your wet sound, but you were already like agreeing with Zach on the tree nut crossover Wait. situation. Well, yeah. It's because it was a tree nut crossover. If we ever do a nut theme, we've already had pecan. Can we use it again? Mm. Double pecan. Is it pecan or pecan? Whatever. Or pecan. <laughs> pecan. Pecan pie. <laughs> I think it's pecan, isn't it? But I don't know. It's a pecan pa. <laughs> pa, pa. Tasty. I like pecan or pecan. I just don't know the whole world of nuts. I'm pretty sure this is true. No, you are <laughs> kind of on purpose ignorant of nuts. Yeah, I'm ignorant of nuts. I'm pretty sure that just because I'm allergic to peanuts doesn't mean that, that other nuts would kill me. But I just generally avoid them. The hard thing to sort of test, I suppose. Like, well, yeah. or is it? Well, I mean, no, I suppose it's a very easy thing to test. It's just the results might be slightly difficult to manage. Well, I think if I wanted, I could probably get like a, do- a nurse or something to get me, give me a, a test with, you know, stabbing things into my arm to find out exactly what I'm allergic sure. to. They do that, don't they? But um, yeah, the little spot tests. And yeah, see exactly. If your spot arm test. reacts. Can't really be bothered. I don't miss nuts because I never had them, so I don't like know what I'm missing, really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of other things. I'd be more upset if I was allergic to like chocolate or something. Honestly, they're not the most interesting of foodstuffs. Mm. It's like, for me, the personal king of the nut is the dry roasted peanut, and that's only because, basically because it is something hard on which to put a coating of salt. <laughs> a coating of salt to, to get in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and it's delicious. Put extra Delicious salt on salt. my popcorn, that'll do. Or if mm. you get like slightly softened Thing bits is, of corn, like I don't know, a bit like popcorn, but like not quite that hard kernel, but like soften that a little bit and then coat it in the dry roasted stuff. Yeah, that could work maybe. I mean, because people have peanuts in with beer and stuff or whatever in pubs, but you can just get crisps, sure. so it's not like there's nothing else that's traditionally or like pork scrapping or something, I don't know. Mm. There's plenty of bar food alternatives. Bar snacks, exactly. I think the main thing is like peanut butter. You there's not really anything else like that that's like thick and stodgy that you put on bread or marmite. marmite yeah, but it marmite, <laughs> yeah, marmite doesn't have like the like protein. Like it's not like a meal that you don't feel like, put nearly as much marmite on anything as yeah. you do peanut butter. <laughs> I feel like there's no. The only other thing like, is like Nutella, but that's just nuts again. It's yeah. just a different nut. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And Nutella is gorgeous. I thought that's um, not even how you're meant to pronounce it, according to a recent people's Nutella, isn't it? Yeah, Nutella. What the hell? <laughs> I think. Does it have an umlaut? I can't remember. I don't think it does. Hmm. No, I don't think it does either. Nutella. Nutella. Is it. Not from England. Is it from some like Scandinavian yeah, yeah. country or like, like Switzerland or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Norway. I'm going with Norway. That's probably bad. I think Zach is closer. <laughs> I thought I'd... <laughs> I have to actually forget Norway. It's exactly. More likely to be Austria. 
home of Sweden, the home of IKEA. It is apparently Italian. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Ferrero. No, de- but the, but they wouldn't Italian. say Nutella for N-U-T like naturally, would they? They'd be like Nutella. <laughs> Just because you say it with a dull Italian accent doesn't make it true. <laughs> Nutella. I don't know of any other. Well, in fairness, I don't know any Italian words. No, exactly. <laughs> you have nothing to base that accent off at all, apart from like Mario. <laughs> you know, I think like this Wikipedia page has like the IPA pronunciation thing, and I think you're totally right, actually, Rob. So there you go. Because it the, says the, the Italians are supposed to say Nutella. Well, it says Nutella, uh, I think, and then it says Italian pronunciation. Nutella, I think. Because <laughs> someone been... just screwed it up in the English translation somehow? I really don't know. Is it like, did, the, did they get confused with the uh, arrival of new metal and thought, oh, that's how NU is always pronounced? Oh, but new <laughs> metal. <laughs> Nutella. Is that the first of the new genres? Like new I don't know. rave and I... stuff? Well, yeah, but weren't most of those actually just called NEW, whereas I thought new metal was, was NU. NU. Yeah. Oh right, new like, metal. Ne- yeah, but like new wave was NEW, wasn't it? Because that was in the eighties or whatever. But I'm pretty sure like new rave or whatever. The, do you remember that? That was like a kind of the klaxons or whatever. Yes, that was, that's what I was thinking N- of. That, that was like an NU with the same as yeah. new metal. I think maybe not. Who knows? Who cares? Anyway, no. Why always going to like? Color language stuff <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Or like grammar or language or like weird pronunciations of weird stuff it's because we <laughs> yeah i don't know why well it's because most products of interest we end up talking about products that aren't british in origin and then when you start talking about non-british things you naturally have to question language it's true what does it mean? Ooh. Oh my god, that was really loud. What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. That's like, oh, I know, I know what I've done. It's the new USB. It's the new device has disconnected sound in in that is that 10, sound, but like super loud because I've turned the wrong thing, turned the wrong thing up. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I think that signals the end of our <laughs> the language has been disconnected. Yep, it's been disconnected. <laughs> I was trying to turn off, my, turn off my screen so as not to distract myself with the internet, but it made a hugely <laughs> loud noise. Anyway, never mind. How is everyone? Yeah. How's it all going? Good two weeks. Much um, going on. I'm falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This oh, early okay. in the podcast. <laughs> um, Could you elaborate I'm on apart, that? Well, my hands have gone like super flaky. They're actually not too bad today. I've been moisturizing. But yeah, my my like bits of skin have just started coming off my fingers, like oh, and getting quite sore around the backsides of the knuckles. You know, like the what do you even call those? Like like if it's the inside of a joint on the human, right? This is language again, I guess. <laughs> but like you know, the inside of your elbow, you got the, yeah. the, that crease. It's like it's the creases on your fingers, like the inner knucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know the yeah. word. I'm sure there that is area is also that area has been getting kind of sore and sort of falling apart and stuff, and it's. Is it that it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I don't know what, what's causing it. I've so, never had it really significantly before. You got it except by my own creation. Well, yeah, I might do. I had it before the wedding, so I've had it for a while. Oh, right. It's okay. just kind of 
kind of been getting gradually worse. And it's a uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. Probably worth dermatitis or summit. I'm kind of dermatologically backed that thing. Also, my eyes are challenged. Oh no, what's wrong with your eyes? Uh, you know, I've got those prism lenses, those weird, they don't yeah, quite yeah, yeah. work and work with each other. Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> vocally fine, but they are, uh, uh, yeah, they don't quite line up. Uh, apparently that's got more than twice as bad over the last five years. Oh, okay. That's not good. So, so I've got, I had to shout out for a whole new glasses and lenses and that kind of stuff. But that fixes it just as well as it did before, right? Well, hopefully. But it's oh, one right. of those things that, I, like, there's a theory that as it, because my eyes had to do this weird thing, right? Like, the, the way I noticed it originally was that everything always seemed fine when I blinked. Like, the eyes, like, point the right direction when they immediately lock onto something. And then a little bit like a lazy eye, they drift. Right. And that's what causes the double vision. But because of that, it's somewhat variable. Okay, because it's um, uh, like a it happens because it starts a... fine and then moves. Yeah, right. So the glasses sort of act as as the optometrist said. I hope that's the right word. That as the right optometrist, word, yeah. uh, like that they they that my the prisms act as a sort of crutch to sort of uh, present them a middle ground by which your eyes can be comfortable. So it doesn't right doesn't totally correct the like like that resting drift, but at the same time it provides a nice enough thing that you're eyes can sort of support themselves to form focus and they get used to it. Um, but I think that's part of the problem that as they get used to it and that becomes the normal, that the they starting point when again. you blink then becomes the fucked point. <laughs> right. And it's just like moving it across. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I've gone from a, what they called threes up to eights. But they said jumping from a three to an eight is a little extreme, so you have to go to a six. Right. Okay. And then come back, and then come back in six months, and we'll do it all again. And we'll do. We'll give you the eight then, or whatever you need then. Or yeah. we'll test you again and see what you need then. Yeah. Okay. But what, I mean, it can't get infinitely worse, can it? Do you know what I mean? There's got to be a stopping point. I guess. I guess there should come a point, yeah, you know, where it's like, well, my, where my eyes are like at right angles to each other. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't have to wear giant goggles to try to bend <laughs> them the right way. I don't think that's going to happen, lad. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as it's somewhat fixable, as it has been, then. But that yeah. sucks that it's getting worse. Sorry, dude. That's yeah, all right. It was sort you're, of expected. You're focally fine. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, I left it. Yeah, I haven't been for another test since my originals, and that was what five, six years ago. Right. Yeah. So, so you know, in a way that you know, it getting that worse over five, six years probably isn't too bad. No. Um, like uh, the optometrist did say, like, like because they took me, and he did say afterwards, it's like, yeah, we like we like patients. Are you? You're a challenge. <laughs> cool. Okay. Because <laughs> so it's like, okay, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you know they're paying attention. That's true. It was a very uh, manual eye test, I suppose, this time. Like none of those like fancy lens changing machines or something. It was one of those like just plastic things in which they change plastic lenses from like a arcane of lenses. Yeah, because I guess you can't use just the traditional because that flicky thing is for like more normal problems, isn't it? Like I've got like. Well, I don't think they even had one. <laughs> oh right, okay. It's like you just started with that. 
maybe he knew. I don't know. Maybe that was the thing. Like he started from like, oh, okay, you, you've had presents before. Maybe I'll, I'll just start with this stuff rather than get a room where we need all the crazy stuff. It's like they didn't do any of the puffer tests or the sort of oh, um, I get that. peripheral yeah. vision tests this time. He yeah. just sort of shone bright lights in my eyes with a weird sort of microscopy thing. Yeah. I, I tell you, I went oh, and yeah. had an eye test again after one year because I was sure something was wrong. And of course, it was exactly mm. the same. <laughs> no oh, really? Yeah, I just paid for an eye test for no reason. But never mind. You can get them for free. Yeah, I know. I need to claim it back on expenses because I can get like three a year or something for free oh really oh, well, that's quite, yeah I, I, apparently that's there's some legal true. there's a legal requirement that that if you use vdus or whatever your work has to yeah, pay yeah. for eye tests but i don't think i don't think they do three a year or <laughs> whatever that just happened to be the budget that my company has or whatever. but i wouldn't bother with that there are plenty of places that just have vouchers like get a free eye test that's fine. yeah that's true that's true get them for free so yeah that's fun I always find like um, like uh, eye shops <laughs> somewhat weird because like you walk into the front of them and they just look like a normal shop, right? You sort of go in and it's like, oh yeah, they're selling glasses. That's, yeah, that's nice. And I look at all these frames and check them all out and stuff. Which, by the way, like because I'm buying new glasses and like need new frames and apparently reglazing like five or six year old glasses isn't really recommended because they go brittle or something. Right. Um, there's a good chance they'll break them when they try. Um, that's why I had to get new frames and stuff. But it's like, boy, glasses designs have got a lot less interesting over the last five years. Really? They dull me. Yeah, just, no, just nothing super snazzy at all, really. It's like, don't get me wrong, the ones I'm getting are like subtle anyway, and they're quite nice. Okay. Cool. But they're not but, like as bonkers as the ones I have with like spikes on them. Yeah, you've had some crazy like... ones. Yeah. Some awesome ones with like, yeah, little spiked like inlays. Handles. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hanging things from. Yeah, it's just a little bit, just a little bit dull. It's like you know, it's a little disappointing. I thought maybe this time I'd go a bit more bonkers, <laughs> at least with one pair. Yeah, nothing. I've still only got one it's pair. Like, I need to get another pair, maybe, and then have a change up. Potentially, okay, but see, the current trend seems to also be towards quite, I don't know, tall bits of glass, like quite large and square. Right. Pairs. I don't know. I don't know if this is the Skrillex effect or something. <laughs> like, like those ridiculously large glasses. That sort for, of... for one, like DJ dude, he's had a, quite a lot of fashion effects with these ridiculous yeah. hair and, and glasses and shit. So it's more than you can say about Dead Mouse's face. No one's wearing that. <laughs> Just down true. the street. And why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dolph Punk style. Like, it's, he's wearing yeah, everyone heads. just wears silver helmets. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, tell, couldn't tell who you were. Ultimate stealth. Well, I hope your hands get better, man. And you. Yeah. Shit. I say they seem to be a bit better now. Than they I were. freaking burnt my hand the other day. <laughs> On... I think. Like, um, I was very, very drunk. And uh, it was the super hot. I, I was trying to get um, cold water for someone who was drunker than me. And so I went to the sink. <laughs> right. I went to the sink. This was at work. It was the work summer party. And um, I tried the, and I put my hand under the tap to see, to try, and I was like, oh, this isn't cold. So I tried the other one, and I was like, well, this isn't cold either. So I tried the third one that was there, being stupid. And of course, that must have been some like boiling water tap 
And I well, now I realise, yeah, that well, that I, what I don't understand is I need to go back and look because there's a big sign there normally that was covered up by the decorations for the party, and and because uh, it's Kamarama, the sign says "super fucking hot water." Watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny, but of course I'd forgotten that was there. Anyway, obviously it was like boiling, and I I, I put my hand under it, and I was like, "ow" or whatever. Uh, um, and I was That's drunk quite a calm drunk reaction. Me. Yeah. Oh, it was there. I pulled away or whatever, but I was too drunk to really <laughs> Very, notice. It's quite a hipster reaction, actually. Just go put your hand in boiling water and be like, "ow" or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, I was I was only expecting to have my hand under it for long enough to tell if it was hot, and I was like, "oh, instantly!" Like I was ready to yeah, pull yeah, it away, yeah. and I pulled it away instantly or whatever. But then, yeah, I don't know what I did. I must have found some cold water or something. But anyway, I don't what I don't understand is there's a zip tap at the other end of the office, but that one you have to hold down a special button to get the boiling water to come out, and it comes out very slowly. So this must have been a special like catering level, no yeah. safety catch, high speed boiling water tap which is like why have that anyway for like instant instant coffee i get well i guess anyway um but my hands look fine but they it still hurts it's been like a few days so i don't know well burns and scolds are bastards yeah yeah i don't know i don't know it will take a while it'll take a while what to feel better yeah or to do you think i think it yeah. always i mean burn burns always do like proper burns yeah, like if you if you caught it badly, mm. like uh, maybe scolds take longer. I don't know. That's technically yeah. a scold, isn't it? Not a burn. But... Yeah, maybe it's a scold. Yeah, I don't know the difference. Anyway, the hand's working okay, but it's, it does it's hurt. fluid, isn't it? It's it's a scold if it's a caused by hot water, right? Effectively, in a burn if you've just touched something super hot. Yeah, it must be a scold then. Yeah, hence the term scolding hot. Yeah. Anyway. Hurt myself. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> Trying to avoid having to do anything about it. <laughs> hey, Zach, have you hurt yourself recently? No, I'm all good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mostly intact? <laughs> yeah. Perfectly fine, apart from continuing the mystery nodule on the end of my... Not nodule. <laughs> callus, I guess, on the end of my little finger that has no reason to exist and has continued to exist. Has got any worse or better. So. Yeah, like... <laughs> rub it on something or you're not like a, a, a little finger only guitar player it's like it's literally if you're thinking about when I'm typing it's the one finger that just points out and does nothing virtually <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah that's true unless you're having to hold like a sneak hold like a crouch button or a sneak button or something yeah that's kind of crazy especially because it's on the left hand as well. it's not even the mouse hand you couldn't even have it like curled around the mouse and have that be any different. Are you like digging your other nails into it for some reason? Like you're getting your thumb and going poke, 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 poke. Well, Only because it's scared. Because it's scared. Yeah. yeah. Only because it's there. In fairness, I did used to do that as well. Like in the, talking about the inner nucks again, like I used to just pr- press my thumb into like the inner nucks on one of my fingers and like to the point where I created like massive calluses on the insides. It's like, which I thought was kind of fun because like it felt, it felt kind of nice just poking them in that yeah. sort of I don't know. I don't know if you ever have like those those, those weird uh, irritations that aren't really painful, but they, they it's sort of pain. But at the same point, it's so mild pain that it's actually kind of nice. <laughs> that sounds really weird. Like I don't know if you're like, um, uh, what are they like? Is it hangnails? We've got that little bit of skin that flecks up uh, in the corner yeah. of your fingernail. Yeah. So I actually quite like playing with those. I don't know. It's quite satisfying. I'm terrible. I just attack anything that's sticking out of my body, like 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 a hangnail, like that. I'll just go at it and then like 
blood and everything <laughs> like nightmare Ugh, yeah. that's why i just have okay. a pair of nail clippers on my desk I yeah me too off as short as i, I can I ha- every time i have nail clippers and special like hand nail clippers like which are yeah are they is that the same thing i've got a special hangnail tool and like normal like scissor type things you know the scissors the that are curved oh yes yeah the only problem yeah. with the nail clippers i have is one side of them is sharp and the other side is blunt and i have to remember which one's which because otherwise they don't cut on like really small things on the edge <laughs> so right. like it's actually doing it if i can't tell <laughs> and then turn it around and try the other side <laughs> <laughs> probably need a new hair that would help <laughs> i only have one pair of nail clippers they work. they've always worked they're probably super shitty but i don't know the difference <laughs> Manicures. We are the best best authority in gaming manicures. Gaming manicures. Falling apart. <laughs> Falling apart, man. Falling apart. New. News. <laughs> Unless That's there's any uh, bitching kitchen. No, kitchen bitching. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it depends which way around it. It's a positive story. <laughs> yeah. Is it a bitching kitchen story or a kitchen bitching story? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Oh, I was thinking, of, I was thinking about how much recycling I've probably chucked out that's wrong. <laughs> what? Well, because you know how like how many like yeah. bo- boxes of stuff have you had where it's like cardboard and it has a plastic inlay, but for some reason we're still completely incapable of re- recycling a plastic inlay. That's true. And it's like oh, you just chuck the whole thing in the recycling because it's fuck it. Yeah, you do. I do that. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I do that. <laughs> Yep. It's the same with envelopes, right? You're not supposed yeah, to, you're not supposed to recycle the ones with the plastic with window. With that little plastic window. But, but of course, pretty much every envelope has that little plastic window that's come from like a bank or something. But they're making those plastic windows out of like not plastic, aren't they? Like biodegradable like plant material or something. I, I so that doesn't help either, though. Because then, then it's like you either have to send it to the recycling place where they have to pull the plastic out or you throw the entire thing away and it just biodegrades. <laughs> Like, well, yeah. either option is not actually the correct option. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it because for some reason my mum told me that you can't recycle toilet rolls. And I was like, they're Wait, fucking cardboard. <laughs> How is that possible? But I've always recycled. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what? But, the, but the cardboard. I know. The only oh. reason that I can think of that possibly might be true is because they're probably already made of such incredibly uber-recycled, so many times over-carboned that it's just too shitty to recycle anymore. No. Does it's that, just like they couldn't process that happen? It. It's like, can you get to that point? Well, it's, you have recycled. to, like, re-mulch it. You're sucking out more of the cellulose or whatever, and then it just degrades the structure of the paper. Yeah. And there probably comes a point where you'll just end up, end up with mush that's not actually useful any longer. Then it becomes like ceiling insulation or something, right? Isn't, it, isn't that like the lowest grade of recyclable stuff? Like always ends up becoming like stuff they pump into walls or line ceilings. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, how can you possibly not recycle toilet rolls? That's stupid. <laughs> that, that sounds bonkers. Yeah. How did you even find that out? What knowledge is this coming from? Yeah, well, maybe is it, or is it some just weird local recycling problem they have? It's like, yeah, we can't deal with this for some reason. We can't deal with that spiral formation that bog <laughs> rolls are made of. Maybe, maybe it's because they can't flatten it or something. Or <laughs> doubt it. That sounds nuts. Bog rolls. They shall live longer than cockroaches yep. in the nuclear holocaust. Literally. There shall be a race of sentient bog rolls. <laughs> 
Now we've had, had some crappy toilet paper in our house recently. Uh, yep. <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was one with, like, the largest center toilet roll I've ever seen for, like, years. And I was like, man, this was a rip-off. Where it's just like, the hole is huge. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that a big deal? Or yeah. Like, like as if they shrunk it by, like, a centimeter or something, like, the, num- the amount they needed to send out or something like crazy big efficiency gains just by reducing that a tiny amount yeah and then we also had one where the in the roll inside i think they like it was a manufacturing error or something but they like wrapped the paper around it too tight so the roll had got crushed so there was like a divot on the inside of the roll so it didn't spin on the roller oh that like it's like don't do that yeah yeah that happens i've had quite a few like that over the years bad rubbish toilet paper toilet paper advertising still hasn't changed I haven't seen very much lately although those TVs although those Andrex ads have got a little bit more weird haven't they like there's not just about the puppies now it's about let's talk to kids about about shipping (laughs) (laughs) the classic how did your shut up and start shipping (laughs) yeah how do you ask a kid that like how does your ass feel after you use Andrex (laughs) And like, oh, that was the thing, wasn't it? They, they asked the adults this, and the adults all go, what? <laughs> like, um, and then you ask the kids, and they're like, like a magical rain shower or something. Yeah, I'm sure that's what those kids actually said. <laughs> yeah, they were probably talking about something else. Like, yeah, exactly. Is <laughs> a magical rain shower feel like? Sparkly. Sparkly. <laughs> that doesn't help. I feel so sparkly. I don't know if you want your ass to feel sparkly. <laughs> I might be a very shiny one. ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if, if it's like every time anything happens down there, if it's like mashing two flints together, then you might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So, news. <laughs> so news, news. What's going on in the world of um? What's this thing about again? Podcast about video games. That's right. Yeah, it's video games. Yeah. What's, I'm going to carry this on? that fucker on even if you do not. Yeah. <laughs> video games. What you got, Rob? Well, this is a bit late to the party news. Honestly, this is the sort of catch-up section. Um, but fig. You guys heard of this weird ass thing? No. Big. Okay, so imagine Kickstarter, right? So Kickstarter is about crowdfunding where you and I would put money into something. Mm-hmm. Fig kind of wants to bridge the gap between that and people wanting investment. Like, okay. So it provides a means by which people with a lot of money could mm-hmm. like pay into a crowdsourced project, but they would get tagged as an investor, not as a contributor or backer. Yeah. So, but that also comes with like a whole load of terms and conditions in that. Oh man. Okay. As you're an investor, you're actually entitled to a certain amount of the proceeds that this game makes from its sales. And it sounds like a hyper weird, but somewhat, interesting idea because it's like it standardizes in a way like how investment for indies should work on its service which can only be a good thing right because it should reduce the the possibility of having a 
crappy deal off a publisher or something. Mm. But in the but in the same breath, it's like how does it? I can't in my head quite work out exactly how it would function. Like, so say you have a super um, a successful campaign, right? And you get a ton of large investments off a ton of different people. Okay. Like, how does that work? Like, if you have a single investment off a single person, yeah, they're probably entitled to some percentage of your sales, right? But if you then, like said, had 10 investors of that same amount, like, are they all entitled to a smaller percentage each? Does that percentage go down the more investment you get from different people? And it's like, like that stuff down. that, yeah, it's that stuff that suddenly sounds weird. And it's that sort of stuff that, like, again, I haven't looked into it in the detail and I haven't been asked to figure out the maths of it all. But, like, that's the bit where my head goes, wait, but how could you do that? Or is there some point where it's like, if you have an investor or something, the deal has to be set? Or So, is like, this actually, I mean, is anyone using this service yet? Like, is there anything being figged or whatever? Being figged? Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, as I said, not investigated in great deal i just sort of heard about it and it's like right this sounds weird yeah it does sound weird but you never know like a, a, you know kickstarter could have existed years before it did right and it sure someone just had the idea right yeah. and this is like just an extension of that i guess in a way of it solves a problem that kickstarter doesn't address kickstarter isn't and, and mm. like i don't know other donation sites which escape my head right now um don't really target that that's not what they're for kickstarter is supposed to be like the masses fund you uh as a way as an incentive and like and uh and a help but at the same kind time it's like this does feel like fill a gap like there's nothing like this it makes it easier it's as i said it standardizes um the idea of investment but boy i'm just like i don't know a little confused by it just how it would structurally work. I don't know. I'm just looking, trying to look at it now, to be honest. Like, uh, I'm not seeing a great deal. Uh, I think there may be something else also called Fig, and I'm looking at totally the wrong thing. Oh, probably. Well, <laughs> Fig, Fig. <laughs> yeah. Because to be honest, like Fig, right? Isn't that one of those? Because it's a three-letter domain or a three-letter name. Isn't that going to be like, they probably couldn't get the Fig no web way. address? No chance. Yeah. And anyway, a fig is a, an actual thing, isn't it? It's like a fruit. Yeah. So, and fig leaf and everything is very important, you know, sim- symbology for like covering shit up. Oh, <laughs> they've, they've used a new top level domain. It's fig.co. Uh, fig.co. Not fig.co. Those IO domains are so expensive. That's very annoying. <laughs> Do you. Well, they, have, they still haven't made a dot salad, so we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as happy dot salad comes along. Then we're good. <laughs> None of this dot net crap. God damn it. We'll never get that dot com address back. Anyway, never mind. We probably could, but we no, just have to I've buy done... it off GoDaddy. No, I've had it on like um, back order or whatever for like literally for five years since we oh, started really? the I podcast. And it gets I thought like GoDaddy re- were just sitting on it. But. Yeah, but somebody it's, somebody buys it and parks it or whatever on GoDaddy and they re- re-up it every year. Oh. So, I get, so I get an email every year saying they've re-upped it. So they're sitting on it, whoever they are. And then um, I guess the idea is that we would have to pay them whatever to get it back. 
but I don't know who they are. I just know that I've signed up with GoDaddy, which is a horrible company as well, like really awful uh, for a renewal service. You know. Anyway, okay. Yeah, so, 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 so I get an email so, every year saying, "Yeah, it's been re-registered." Ass. Anyway, so right. some extra details. Sorry, like man looks looks up thing on internet. Uh, Fig is highly curated, so they will they won't let you just post stuff on on it. They it has to get looked at by a board of some kind, and mm-hmm. they have to approve its existence. Um, presumably, maybe because of the investment aspect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they've only actually done one, uh, one thing so far. So I think it's all in trial phase. Uh, but apparently, it raised seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. This one trial thing. Mm. But I get a very, and it is purely designed for games. It's not designed for anything else. It's not like Kickstarter where it can be for anything. This is a purely games only service. Right. Uh, but you get a very nice four hundred four page when I'm trying to find more information. <laughs> 404 game over don't worry you can start over by going to the home page and then has a little like Final Fantasy style hand pointing at a continue symbol <laughs> so alright they've, well, made, they've made a nice 404 Good well, I guess you. we'll keep tabs on the fig and see what happens and, yeah so. that, that whole space is always bonkers so let's see what happens cool any other news going on what's going on with Thinking. video games uh, hey, would you like another Pokemon game? Uh, not that one. <laughs> yeah, not that one. Yeah, Pokemon Go. Okay, so what actually is this? Like, augmented reality shit? You know what, I really don't know. But it's Nintendo's first foray into mobile gaming. Zach look, is looking at me that, like, he knows a bit more. <laughs> not really. Well, arguably it's Nintendo's first foray into mobile gaming. because well, I mean, really- mobile as in... Phones, well, yes. Android phones, in, is it? In reality, it's it's a game that already existed, but with Pokemon slapped on top of it. <laughs> well, that probably makes sense. There was, like, is it something that DNA owned already? Probably? I don't know if they owned it. It's another. Com- I don't know what the actual company is called, but it's a game that already existed. That was that basically the idea of the original version was it was sort of a territory control in real life, where it's like. You go to GPS coordinates and then like capture the point, and then if other people go to the oh. same place, they can capture it back, and then you like however many people on your team or on the other team. Well, that partially explains the Poker Watch, then. Yeah, so that's that's basically where the Pokemon crossover comes in. There basically is probably using the same GPS database or whatever. Because <laughs> apparently, you can buy a bracelet thing that looks like a watch but actually instead of a watch face it just has a pokeball on it yeah that will like bluetooth to your phone and vibrate when you're near by an area that needs attention or near a player that needs battling or something yeah the trouble okay. with it is they in in their stupid fancy advert of course right at the end they showed about two seconds of the actual game where you just see it for a moment it's like oh that's what it's actually like and you know it's actually like bullshit it's not, not everything like the advert. <laughs> it's like, here is a picture of Pokemon on your phone screen. Press to win. <laughs> if you capture it or whatever. You know what? You just, you just happen to be in the right area. Quick, press the win button and you'll take this territory. Yeah, basically. Or at least that's what it appears. Maybe there is, maybe there is the actual Pokemon battle system implemented in there as well, to some extent. I don't know. What, you tra- presumably, you'd have to train your Pokemon. Maybe, maybe it's a bit like those old online... Like build your 
country games. Do you remember those sort of text-based ones where it's like, oh, yeah. like type the name of a player you want to attack. Oh, this player has shit tons of stuff. All your guys die. The trouble with it is, from as far as I'm concerned, is two things. Firstly, I don't understand how those kind of games work anyway, because it must be pulling off some kind of database. Because, like, if it just chose a random GPS location in the world, 90% of them you wouldn't be able to get anywhere near. <laughs> oh, yeah. It must pick it within some sort of radius of where you are. Well, no, I didn't even mean, like, compared to where you are. I meant, like, compared to roads. Right, sure. Palms. Yeah. There's, like, most places in the world you can't actually go. Oh, that one's on the roof. And then the other problem with it is that, like, it would be cool if it was actual augmented reality. Why did they not do that? I mean, admittedly, most phones could, probably couldn't. But if, say it was a 3DS yeah, so, game uh, yeah. where the 3DS has depth-perceiving cameras. Well, that would be awesome. Well, it wouldn't be that difficult because you just carry around one of those question mark cards and put it on the ground. <laughs> that would be really inconvenient. And then you could have a little layout. Have a little card which has a QR code on it that you have to place wherever you want to have a thing happen. That's how the 3DS does it, though, right? Uh, well, no, because the 3DS can perceive depth from the two cameras. Oh, of course. Because like, you can take yeah. 3D photos and it records the depth of the scene. Yeah, So right. it can do it on the fly, theoretically. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. But, you know... Maybe they will. Maybe there'll be a, like, a, a DSware or like eShop version. <laughs> yeah, but then, then, then that's not actually a good thing to do because you have to carry a fucking 3DS around with you all the time. <laughs> not your phone, which you naturally have. <laughs> sure. So not the most overwhelming like entrance into the mobile space, then, from your perspective. Well, I mean, the only thing that really matters for it is what monetization is there going to be? How free is it going to be? Well, sure. Yeah. I'm assuming not. No. Because it's Nintendo. No. Nothing's ever free with Nintendo. Well, unless you've already bought a game and then the updates are free. Well, sometimes. But as long as you've done the initial buy-in. And also, like, how many Pokemon? Yeah, how many Pokemon? Yeah. <laughs> They could just if it gets popular, they could just add to it though. That's the thing, isn't it? Well, in theory, yes. add. in theory, they could. So really, they should have just made instead of that game, they should have made Pokemon Snap an AR game. Uh, yes, because then you could actually have yeah, photos of real-world locations with Pokemon in them automatically. This is true. <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Why? Way cooler than capturing Pokemon. What's their deal with Pokemon Snap? Like, people, that was like a cult favourite, wasn't it? And then, like, nothing... And, that, and now we all have cameras all the time everywhere. Yeah. It's natural, surely, that they should make a new one of those. GoPros. Yep, exactly. It's all about GoPros. HoloLens. Just, <laughs> just wear your HoloLens out and well, I mean, that's Pokemon Snap, the, the Pokemon peering around buildings. I mean, that's the obvious, like... The obvious end result that everyone has always wanted is just like, why can we not have first-person Pokemon games? And now you can have it in VR as well, so you can be even more first-person Pokemon games. You can be, you, you, you can literally be startled in the grass. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if you could hear that coming, right? If you're like walking around on the long grass, that'd be amazing, though. Like, to look just like, it's like, what's that noise? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how would that actually work? Like, if you made a VR Pokemon game, there would be a lot of walking around in grass involved. <laughs> like, well, yeah. in, like, really high grass as well. <laughs> well, in, in reality, what you'd actually want them to do is 
abandon the tile-based system for God's sake. Yeah, you know, yeah. Go into full 3D. Just make the, it a world, like an open world Pokemon yeah. game. Yeah, but like, probably have to abandon the whole random encounter thing, right? You'd probably have to like, oh, I can, I can see a Pidgey. I can see, I could be all Bill Oddie for a second and then do some narrative and like zoom in on it and be all like, whoa, look at the plumage. And then, <laughs> and then throw a ball at it. I mean, it wouldn't have to be insane. I mean, the other thing that would be interesting about a VR Pokemon game is like they could actually have everything scaled correctly. Right. But then that would cause its own ridiculous set of problems. Like, like Onyx you know, being like, so yeah, and Onyx pitching. being like a fucking. <laughs> 10 meter tall giant rock snake. Where does that hide? (laughs) (laughs) In the cave. It just comes out of the ceiling randomly. Yeah, exactly. But then that doesn't. Or like, like you just look at this casual pile of rocks and it's like, that one's got a face. (laughs) What's the smallest Pokemon, do you think? Caterpie? No, there's smaller ones than that. Caterpie's pretty small. Flea? They're pretty small. (laughs) Like a few centimeters. Really? Wow. Yeah. Or one of those, like Termite Mon. I mean, that doesn't just does, the whole thing just doesn't make any sense as soon no. as you try and actually implement scale. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they fight each other when you're talking about a fucking whale <laughs> and, a t- and a tiny bug? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the bug would be effective against the whale as well. That's because they all Only fight with grass bug. That's because they all bug, fight yeah. with mind bullets. Not all of them. <laughs> Pretty much do. There's a lot of physical moves in Pokemon. That like, aren't actually physical moves because they're all like 50 metres apart. Only in the unanimated versions. <laughs> that doesn't count. So because they couldn't be bothered to model collision physics. <laughs> well, animations, so they don't clip through each other horribly. Sticking with Nintendo news. Aww. Let's get away from Pokemon. Oh, we've got a new uh, president. Have we yep, there's a new that? president and CEO of Nintendo. Uh, no, we haven't talked about that before. Tatsumi Kimishima. Not really a name that's been in the uh, uh, the forefront of Nintendo's public presence. Uh, uh, he but was, he has been in a, yeah, he has he, been an important part of the company for a while. He was the he president was, of Nintendo of America before Reggie Fizami. Uh, I think. Uh, and I think since then, yeah, and, uh, he, until 2006. And since then, I think he's been CFO of um, the Pokemon company. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, shit. I brought it back to Pokemon. Um, <laughs> Raking in the cash. Yeah. Literally. Literally. Cash, there he is with his rake. That's his job. That's what, that's what, that's what CFOs do, right? The money <laughs> yeah. ends up in this giant warehouse. Like all those DSs were just printing it. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. just had to add up like, what we're going to do, man. We're printing all this money <laughs> from, from the back of our DSs. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, got some pretty big boots to fill. Who knows? I, I don't know. Do you reckon... Just, I don't know anything about the guy, but looking at his face, yep. he doesn't strike me as the talent, <laughs> as the type that might be like the public persona of Misty still. <laughs> no, well, it might go a bit more back to the old style, because the, the last guy before Iwata was like super crotchety, wasn't he? So, didn't yeah. you think? Well, and I he, don't know. He just had a very traditional view of the company. And... Yeah, yeah. He'd been running it for like 30 years or something. Yeah. And you know, he must have done. He did must have done a pretty good job of it to get it where it is. Oh yeah! The oh man, I love how. <laughs> <Game point. laughs> 
I love how like Google here is presenting me with the people also search for, and it's coming up with a load of Nintendo and Japanese people. But the picture that it has assigned to Reggie fils is literally just a zoomed-in version of his of his face. <laughs> like, everyone else has a proper, like, well, that's the classic corporate meme, shot. The classic meme face, that <laughs> yes. is. That's great. That's pretty funny. <laughs> just the meme of Reggie. <laughs> Speaking about Google... Speaking about Nintendo-related searches, did you see that thing that Pornhub like put up the stats because they can see when people are searching using the um, user agent string for like the consoles? So oh, they, sure. they, there was yeah. like an out, they, there was like an output where they, you could see that the top search term on for a Nintendo Wii uh, Wii U searching porn was hentai and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. Or like no, it was hentai was more weighted than versus Xbox or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Well, isn't like Safari and iPads like the most used oh, I like, book so. up for Pornhub? I think they they said that. Yeah, I'm surprised that the, the browser on the Wii you could even handle <laughs> an actual video <laughs> website. That is that is true. <laughs> what? Yeah, does the Wii U even have a full-on internet browser? Like, I mean, it does for some of its internal elements, and but the Wii does, right? Yeah. Maybe it was the Wii. That, the I can't remember what that was. Yeah. yeah, was it based on Opera or something? An yeah. old, an old version of Opera. Yeah, yeah. an ancient version. Can you get Opera on 3DS? I can't remember. Opera 3DS has an internet browser. Yeah, it's also rubbish. It <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Google. The only advantage with the 3DS, if you're talking about porn, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk about porn. On your 3DS, is you can get 3D porn. Because it you can get special images in the 3DS format that interleaves the image correctly for the 3D screen, so you can have the actual depth. Oh wow! Which is ridiculous. So, what does the 3DS support like? Does it like left, right? I don't know what the actual file format oh. is for it. <laughs> That'd be quite a specific thing. Like websites appealing in 3D, 3DS form. <laughs> <laughs> That must exist somewhere, you know, if the rule is of the internet is to be observed. <laughs> oh, yes, naturally. That's true. <laughs> I, 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 all I want to say about Google was like, man, I, don't, I, I really don't like its rebrand. Really? I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to get used to it pretty quick. Like, I don't think it's great, but I don't mind it at all. And I think it's a bit crap. Be- well, Actually, I think the primary thing I dislike about it is the fact that they, at the moment, they just slap that G on everything. Where before, like you'd be on Gmail and it would show the, like the mail icon or like the, the, the favicons everywhere. Like they've oh, just right. become G rather than is that like true the... on the Gmail. I know yeah, for me it has. Yeah, that's annoying. I don't care about the logo as much as I don't like the new buttons where it's like the search now and I'm feeling lucky buttons. I don't think they look worse for some reason. Just Have they done the material gray. design ones? Or I haven't seen those. No, I think they're just flat. Yeah. But the material design has that stupid thing where they're flat buttons, but when you click them, it has that dumb ripple effect on them. Have you seen mm. that? Where, like, no, I've not seen that. Well, like, it's on the web, but also on Android or whatever, but you, you click the button and, and um, like, an SVG circle of a different shade emanates from exactly where you clicked across the button. There's, like, a weird ripple thing. I guess if oh, I had done like... that, I wouldn't have noticed because I never click on those ones. I just type in the search box and hit enter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do look kind of crappy. They're a little bit 
three deified. They're not totally flat, but they look not, a bit. Mine just looking now, and they don't have that effect. No, well, I think they look worse on on my computer. Actually, I've loaded the desktop version on my phone. But... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. I, I like everything about uh, apart from that G. I don't know something about that that first G just rubs rubs me up. Well, I, don't, I don't particularly like their stupid microphone icon where it's just like little bits of it are different colours for no particular reason. Well, the colours are what identify Google. That's the idea. Well, yes, but it's like it's not it's not even like each indi- it's not even like each individual colour colour has an even proportion. It's just like this bit is slightly longer than the other side for no apparent reason, making it non-symmetrical. Boo! And I don't mind moving to like. Sans serif fonts, but that the font they've chosen just looks Fisher Price. You know, it's <laughs> well, the well, Google Cartoon Google for the, all your childish searching needs. Want to look up cartoons? Yeah, we've got that. You want to look like cartoons with boobs? We've got that too. Well, not so much. <laughs> I mean, my problem you with kids, the kids. Font... Do you know what safe search is? I'm trying to remember what the name of that style of it's a, like a modernist style because the um the the O is perfectly circular and that sure. puts me off instantly because that's our fucking font has is that style. Oh right? really? So if you yeah. look at the A in Happy Salad, it's a perfect circle or whatever. And it's like, God damn it, don't take our fucking branding <laughs> Google. But if you look at our A's and P's and stuff in our in our font, it's that modernist style yeah hey yeah. we made it hot first guys yeah exactly <laughs> they just nicked off we, we used a font that was so inconvenient we had to download it every time because it was apparently <laughs> yeah. not on the standard font that's exactly true. well that's it you don't want it to be the standard font do you for your logo type you want it to be something unique who knows where that font even came from <laughs> <laughs> there's a good question Uh, I thought I had some other Nintendo news. Oh, I do. Smash Brothers, on September 30th, we'll have a reason to go back to that game. Well, apart from we haven't played it for ages, so we probably should anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but on September 30th, they're adding the Mario Maker stage for free. Why is that a reason to go back? That because can't... it's randomly generated every time you play. It's not a fixed set of levels. It's that's built. Not, that's not true, though. <laughs> Well, it might be a random set, a rather large set of randomly designed things, but they advertised it as, it's randomly built every time. Like, no. Because <laughs> a randomly generated level would be literally impossible to play every time. Because <laughs> there'd be no consistent platform. No, you just use procedural generation to, like, add rules, right? To make it so they can only build it in a certain way. And, and anyway... There already exists a Mario level level in the game, so you don't need another one that's basically exactly the same. Unless it cycles through the different like styles while you're playing, that might be sort of cool. No, it doesn't picto chat style it. It literally builds it at a random design at the start of the level and sticks to that design. Is it bullshit New Super Mario Bros. style then? Well, presumably it would pick either any of them. I've seen the Mario. I think the, the clips I've seen it was in the Mario Three style. Was it the Mario 3? It might have been the world style, actually. I can't remember. You probably recognise it. That's quite yeah, different. I can't remember. Anyway, I thought that was cool. It's like, it could be interesting. Should go back to that game at some point. So I've played some Mario Maker. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is it's it pretty, awesome? It's pretty great. 
especially like all the stuff that's like you wonder like oh this wasn't in the games but have they like put this in because like you know across the different styles and it's like oh yes they have <laughs> they've made something mm-hmm. happen or whatever it's like it's pretty cool um yeah and it's nice going on the um you know the star ratings and stuff and everything for the user generated content is the the system's quite good so it's quite easy to find stuff that's actually good although a lot of the high rated stuff right now are like there's a lot of high rated stuff which is cool but it's just levels where you just stand still and it does a stupid rude oh, the auto thing. plays yeah auto yeah. plays which aren't as fun obviously I wish there's a way to tag those or whatever but and also yeah. things get tagged as like easy when they're not <laughs> quite a bit um but that's fine uh but yeah super cool i didn't have enough time to like work on a level really build it but i I played some of david's levels and which were the thing is he, he found it that like he was making each part challenging in itself right each part of his level that he was building but because he was building it sort of sequentially um he didn't realize that once you added them together it became really hard you know, because no, you right. made it past one section and then it was like the next section is challenging and then it all kind of adds up because if you die, of course, you pretty much die. You have to do the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, so it was like he accidentally made it way too hard. Um, There's the biggest bugger that there's no checkpointing system. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they're never very long, really, the courses. I don't, nah. I don't know how long you can make them, but I did see some weird stuff. Like there was one that was like a trick where... Because you can have an every level, you can have an underground part, so a mirror part, which is underground, you know. But you can change that mm. style to be overground, actually. So it gives you that flexibility. So there was one level that was like almost the same on both, and and, and but the, um, so you went through a pipe and you appeared what seemed like an exactly the same level, but it was subtly different, had different secrets in or something. So that was quite a clever mm. little trick, stuff like that. There's some cool little tricks. Um. And some cool they, stuff. Didn't, they never did add the functionality to be able to sort of chain together like a a full game of levels. Mm, I don't know. Not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure you could. I, I thought they that. should, like, you should be able to download like a sort of a set, like, yeah. a world by world thing and be able to, like, okay, these are, I'm building my worlds or something. Yeah. You never know. That sort of stuff might come or, or be. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I was, yeah, it's super polished and slick and. And Mario Brothers is just fun. Um, I suppose the one thing that, I, that that has been slightly putting me off when I've seen it is like, yes, like Mario's kind of always been like this because it's, you know, it's tile-based, right? Everything you do is like tile-based design and stuff. There's yeah. something about all the levels I've seen where it's like where they've built it out of objects that obviously just like show up the fact that it's all on a grid. Right. Like there's something about everything I've seen about user-generated levels don't seem feel as... That's just them not. No, I guess enough. I guess yeah, I guess as organic or as as, as natural as they all seem in as real the Mario. real Mario games. I think they're just much even though all the Mario games are obviously still grid based. Based, yeah. you know, there's 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 something off on a, on occasion about how thing, how those things look, and it's yeah, totally. I mean, I think you'd have so to you kind play. of know you're not playing a major Mario game, and maybe in a way Nintendo intended that, so, you know, to give the real Mario games still have something to them or something special about them. Maybe, but I think you could recreate pretty closely. But, um, like, I played some levels that were by this guy that David knew was a follower of, because you can follow people like Twitter or whatever um, mm. and see when they post new stuff. And this guy w- has made indie, indie platform games before, and you could tell it was, like, really professionally nicely done. But he had his own style that came out of it, even though it was just the same building blocks and the same grid. It, it mm. felt like a, somehow felt like a real game some, instantly. 
I don't know. Oh, that's cool. What magic he had or whatever, but yeah, I think you could definitely, if you have the attention to detail, you could. Probably not as far as a full Mario world or something, but yeah, you could get no. pretty far with it. No, that's still awesome. That's that's kind of what I want to see from that stuff, you know. Yeah, but I think most people would just do crazy shit rather than trying to make a. Uh, well, sure, because no yeah. one can. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like well, there must be like elements, some elements that are like some of the stuff they've been adding over the years, like some of the moving giant bits of landscape, for instance, that are in New Super Mario Brothers that haven't translated back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm totally. Guessing. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, there were just large segments of level that would just shift around or something. In well, there's no games. slopes in the game, so that's like yeah. 90% of why it looks like I'm. Oh, really? What? You can't even make just like 45 degree no. like things to slide. Oh, that's kind of. That feels like a bit of a weird omission. And that's, so that's been there since three. It's like, that's one of the obvious why, ways why the new Super Mario Brothers tile set looks weird, because it's like. You can't do that. There's yeah. all, there was all kinds of curves and slopes and moving platforms in that game. Yeah. Or mm. circles even. They had those like completely circular platforms and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah that's what that's that's kind of what my mind was thinking of when I raised that question. Yeah. I mean that's the it's... problem of like it's because essentially ever they've virtually everything is a single tile. There's not ever not like I guess gimmicks like what like big things that you can put in that exist that are like the, multi-tile chunks sure. that you can yeah. use well, in that some way. things like the bullet bill launches and stuff though yeah sort of but not even really not Just that like, much yeah you can extend it to make it Bigger. attached to the ground yeah <laughs> or yeah. not you can just have it float well you never know but, you know it, this, if this is super successful maybe they I, I would imagine they it would they'd leave it for a few years and come out with a Mario Maker two, rather than uh, yeah. extend this. Um, I, I've just got that feeling about this one. Um, but I think this one is definitely worthwhile. Hmm. Oh sure, yeah. It's setting the world on fire a little bit. As is Metal Gear Solid. Why is this in these? Oh, well, because like, it's only only I'm a talk little about this bit anyway. Because I'm going to talk, talk yeah. about Ground Zero, so but we should probably sure. talk about what's going on with Five. And fact, I only wanted to say a little bit about Five because, like, yeah, it, it sounds batshit crazy, and it's getting me interested again, even though I didn't really get on with Ground Zero. Um, but like, oh, there was a reasonably critical bug that was affecting players that took quiet on certain missions. Right, uh, yeah. which would corrupt your save file. Uh, but that has subsequently been fixed. So, you know, people going into it now, you'll be just fine. Um, but that's kind of a, you know, a nasty bug to go out, get out the door on a high profile game as that. Yeah. Um, but I suppose the bigger news is that Konami have like, I, I, everyone knew this was coming. I suppose Konami have been moving this way f- for years, but they are basically shutting down all oh, AAA games production. Hmm. Which means, like, which I find doubly weird because if you go look at the description of Metal Gear Solid Five on Steam, it says ushering in a new age of Metal Gear, no, and it's this like is the end of Metal Gear. This is the end. Yeah, the, this, they're not. Gonna, Konami can't do that again <laughs> if they're not. It also well, seems to be um, mo- almost every um, publication seems to say it's the best ever Metal Gear as well. Like, by a sure, well, gameplay-wise, yeah, it sounds, sounds like it. Technically, from a story perspective, it's in the past, so it is ushering in a new age of Metal Gears. <laughs> I suppose that's true, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, yeah. Yeah. Metal Gears. The whole concept of a Metal Gear is kind of so dumb. <laughs> 
like a yep. giant walking nuclear tank. <laughs> Pretty stupid. Which they then sort of it wasn't en- uh, you know by the end of the series that wasn't even that relevant, was it? Where everything like kind of was a walker. Although there were yeah. lots of walkers about. They didn't yeah. have to be giant nuclear walkers. But, you know, that wasn't even the thing anymore. Like, but yeah, what, the whole concept is so stupid. Like, obviously, a, <laughs> a, a, a nuclear missile submarine can carry, like, like, I don't know, 16 nukes or whatever and be completely undetectable. I mean, that's the perfect weapon. Why would you want a giant land-based, like, stompy robot thing that could also happens to fire... A couple of nukes. I mean, it's Metal Japan, Gear is like stompy robots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only reason. Like, it's like, oh, the ultimate weapon is a stompy robot. It's like, no, that is well, clearly it, not. Just because it's just because it's huge doesn't mean it can't be camouflaged to some extent. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's like stompy robots just are not actually useful and wouldn't be. Well, it's just, it's just like a submarine on land, really. In that case. <laughs> It's like it's got nukes on it and it can move around. It just moves around on the land instead of the sea. And then presumably... It but can... you can see it. Yeah, but presumably it can camouflage itself to some extent. I mean, I've never actually that, played mean... Metal Gear games and they never really deploy a Metal Gear. But, no. but the, the Russians, they just have their nukes on trucks, right? And they just drive them around and then they shoot them or whatever. Right? Yeah, but that's you not don't a need launch a freaking... platform, really. Well, you don't need anything apart from the truck, do you? Because they have those erector launcher thing, right? So you could just go in the middle of a of a forest or whatever and just fire yeah, what it off if it was covered with armor and other guns why why it doesn't need like the whole thing is a dumb idea like metal gears are stupid sorry <laughs> it's cool obviously but it's super stupid well everything about the actual storylines yeah, of metal is gear stupid. are unbelievably stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah but... exactly but that's like the but that's what makes it. it which is where i'm a little bit like mildly disappointed in that yes like everything about the gameplay sounds insane and crazy and it's crazy in a very different way to previous metal gears it's still crazy but it's it's that that i think is like off-putting i just about started to get into the crazy Mm. with metal gear solid 4 like the the ridiculous 40 minute cutscenes or whatever yeah and it's like yeah i'm bored i'm on board and it's like yeah this is not that so anyone wanting to get into metal gear for that will be disappointed I've been watching the cutscenes for two on YouTube. It's five and a half hours. <laughs> yep. That's and it's, right. <laughs> it's, it, and it's fucking insane. And also, like, that game looks, I don't know if it was running on an emulator for this video, but that game looks really good. Like, for a PS2 game. They did do a few remakes, didn't they? Because, like, it, the, it originally was PS2, I think, but then there was a GameCube version. I think that was of the first well. game remade, though. So I'm talking about two. No, 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 um, there was a GameCube version of 2, I'm sure. Was there? Okay. I actually think the game was originally revealed at a Nintendo event. Hmm, weird. I think MGS2 was first announced as a, as a, on a, a Nintendo thing. But it was definitely mainly a PS2 game, right? Uh, we would thought. Sure, I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I don't want to go too into that, but mental, yeah. We'll come back to Grand Zeroes later then. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk uh, about an actual game rather than a bunch of insane cutscenes. Where a guy, yeah. uh, where where revolver ocelot's arm ha- has liquid snake oh, man, arm attached, and it takes over his yeah. mind or something. It's, what the fuck? Anyway, they then retconned later or something. Yeah, that's <laughs> just insane. So stupid. Uh, TGS has been happening. Oh, so the Tokyo Game Show has been going on, and honestly, there's really not that much interesting news coming out of it. 
Well, the thing um, is, I'm thinking lately, like, um, like with Metal Gear Solid Five and all these like good Nintendo games like Splatoon and Maramaker and stuff, it's like the freaking Japanese are back. The, all the best games are Japanese again. Well, yeah. Konami got in and then got out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so but, right, but right, right now, Japan is back. Like <laughs> the best, well, the best AAA game is Japanese right now. Let's see right if now. Inafune can deliver us anything. Mm. Let's see if Eager can can come back with Bloodstained. Like you know, let's see if. Oh yeah, we're, I think we're in a phase of let's see Demon with a lot of this stuff still. Well. Yeah, well, from software, yeah, obviously yeah. They, they are leading the way. You know, you know, you could say yeah uh, with this stuff. Because I think uh, they yeah. they went through a real doldrums basically as a as an industry, the Japanese game industry in terms of software. Well, they all went mobile. We, we don't hear a lot about it because right. they all went mobile, um, mostly. You know, that's where Konami are uh, with their arcades and fitness <laughs> venues <laughs> as well. Um, so actually, like, because the majority of stuff that was happening at TGS was about mobile games, hence why I said there's really not a lot of news here that, that are of interest. Because right, okay, it, that's the focus for the Japanese market. That's where the money is for them. So the like they get out of those games, which is frustrating, I guess. I suppose for us who are used to the weird and wonderful coming out, or the innovative coming out of Japan, and that just hasn't really happened. Like you've still got like studios like Nintendo, like From, like Platinum, still yeah. holding the fort. Um, but the, yeah, there isn't so much bonkers stuff coming out. It depends whether that. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I think like next indie round, the Japanese Otor. How do you say that? Otor. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, indie round is going to be really interesting because yeah, you've got those guys I mentioned earlier, but you've also got that Katamari dude. Right. Coming back with that weird thing that I can't remember the name of. I didn't think he wanted to um, make games anymore. Didn't he say he was going to make like children's playgrounds or some shit? That guy. Yeah, I think he did yeah. it at one point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's cool. that's yeah. Like, like, yeah, the Japanese indie scene could be very interesting. Mm. Um, let's see where that goes. And holy crap! Let's hope Hideo comes back. Let's hope Kojima does something bonkers. Well, I don't mind now waiting now. He spent all this time doing this thing, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we'll see him again in five years' time or yeah, something, and that, he'll come up with something. Me. He'll come up with something just as mental, I'm sure. Cool. Uh, yeah. uh, so, up, out of TGS, the only two things I read—well, three things—Sony uh, have officially renamed Project Morpheus as PlayStation VR. Fine, boring, but fine. Yep, boring. Um, they could have called somewhat, it like they already had the PlayStation Eye. This could have been the PlayStation Eyes. There's <laughs> 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 like two. I don't know. But the PlayStation isn't seeing you. It's not like it's eyes for the no. PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. PlayStation. PlayStation head. Head. <laughs> face. <laughs> PlayStation face. Face station. Yeah. Play face. <laughs> um, it's like EA Game Face, but it's Sony's Sony's Playface. Uh, so none of us have played the original Gravity Rush, but it was one of those games that I think a lot of people sort of secretly liked. It wasn't sort of massively critically acclaimed, but had a bit of a following. Um, and it was kind of unique, kind of interesting. No one's really attempted. It was about like shifting your gravity to move around the level. Like so, you didn't really jump or move that much. You sort of shifted the direction of gravity, and it right. would pull you in that direction. 
Um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're fine, and it finally getting around to making a sequel. I think it was a Vita launch game, but they're finally making a sequel, and they're re-releasing the original for PS4, uh, and the sequel will be on PS4 too. So that's cool. Nice. Uh, could be interesting. Uh, and there's a new Resident Evil game. It's called uh, Umbrella Core. Okay. And it's a multiplayer first-person shooter. <laughs> Probably uh, going to be free to play. What? So it's Left 4 Dead? No. It just kind of looks like a shit sort of team-on-team multiplayer shooter. Well, they already tried to do that, didn't they? <laughs> what? Resident Evil? Yeah. Uh, Whatever it's called. Operation Raccoon City. Oh, uh, Yes. <laughs> That was a team-based multiplayer shooter. Yes, they did. Yeah, I'd forgotten about it. And everyone that. hated it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So this is probably just a re-release of that for free-to-play. <laughs> yeah, any impressions I've read coming out of it have basically said, yeah, this looks below average. Right. It so. didn't make any sense anyway, because it wasn't Left 4 Dead, because it wasn't dudes against zombies, it was dudes against some other dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like, weird military teams facing off against each other. There did appear to be some zombies in what they've shown, but like what mm, the role of them is unclear. Uh, but, but that could work as like a, a if they did go full on Left 4 Dead style, right? Well, yeah. But I mean, they, they're just like not. Left 4 Dead multiplayer in theory. Yeah. Uh, that's, what, that's all I really brought out of TGS. Um, Last bit of video game news I have is that Rocket League has apparently sold a million units on Steam alone. Like, so hot shit gets hotter. But the, but the, but the most interesting bit, I suppose, is that actually sixty they have a sixty percent pickup rate for that cosmetic DLC. Really? So they just announced they just announced the second one. Yeah, they? as well, the second pack, which is dumb. I was thinking about it, not related to what we're going to talk about later, but I was thinking about the cosmetic DLC for that game. It's like, why... I understand that they're trying to make an eSport, yeah, sort sure. of. So, obviously, every they arena now, has to be yeah. the same map, because that's how eSports work. It's mm. like, it's one map, and then you fight on it, because <laughs> that's what eSports do. <laughs> I guess. But but the original game, the, the previous thing that Rocket League is a sequel to, which was basically the same game, but no one cared at the time. And was but yeah, the arenas were a lot more complicated. <laughs> yeah, right? the arenas were like more complicated. And I was I was thinking about it, it's like, just do that. I mean you can have your MLG maps where it's just like the map and some skins for it. But come mm. on. Just imagine how fun it would be to have different maps. At this point basically like the Warriors, played. <laughs> was sure. <laughs> but at this point the worry is, is that they might fragment the player base for like in something that they already love. Well that was that's the problem with making DLC actual maps. Yeah. Like if they make them free maps then I'm, I'm kind of okay with this. I just want them to make more visual stuff actually, but more uh, import more dramatic visual stuff like you know this they, they have said that it's like yeah we're looking at making variable like ball explosions or something like goal explosions uh, but they haven't said when that's going to happen or what they meant by that or oh, it's um, I don't think any of the visual stuff matters enough that's the no it doesn't but it's it's like but it look, it's a good looking game like, they're, they're like in, in fairness like the cosmetic stuff on the car is kind of stupid because it's like like the DLC, like you, you, the cars that you very rarely see up close anyway. The only car you really see up close is your own on the menu screen or the members of your party. 
It's like actually during the game, you don't really notice that that guy's got the wood effect paint on his decal. <laughs> or, you know, I guess the most important thing you notice is the rocket trails. Yeah, and if they can avoid making a whole bunch of bullshit ones of those, that'd be good. Oh, no, I like, I want to see, I want to see more on the other side. I want more. <laughs> they can make more hats, just make them less ridiculously intrusive than some of them are. Like all the fire ones, and just like if you're behind that, it just obscures your view so much. It hasn't been. And if you put it on your car, you're still fine. Yeah. We'll talk more about Rocket League later. Spoiler alert: <laughs> this podcast. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's that's. I don't know. That sixty percent seems like a pretty big pickup rate, if you ask me, for what cosmetic DLC. Yeah. That sounds that sounds insane, and there's nothing. It's not like it's a bundle deal on Steam. It's not like there's season pass, yeah, or anything like that. It's also, I think it's probably too expensive for me. What a couple of quid for a couple of cars? Yeah, that's, yeah. that is a bit much. I've never bought any kind of cosmetic DLC, but I think if they release some for Metal Gear Solid Five that gave Quiet some actual clothes, I might be tempted to pay for it. Like well, apparently, some of that exists. Yeah, which well, right. has the game. different costumes, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, but you can't. You have to unlock them, so I can't like. I, you have to suffer through. <laughs> so instead, naked. you'd rather pay some money to get rid of the naked. To get rid of the sexism, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's a story reason as to why she's naked. It's really fuck dumb. That. <laughs> fuck <laughs> that. Super dumb, but. Oh, fuck that. Anyway. Apparently, you like the dumbness. <laughs> yeah, but up to that point, up to the, the part where it's really horrible and sexist. It's not really horrible and sexist. It's, it's, it's not even that bad. I mean, it's not like. It's yes, not it like is. it was. It's not like they just imported a fucking beach volleyball model. <laughs> then Pretty much there's it. something to get. Yeah, it's not like the jiggle physics is crazy go nuts, like, <laughs> is this, like uh, dead or alive. What? Is that something I can research? <laughs> the jiggle physics is crazy go nuts. Uh, it is in dead or alive. They still, they still haven't said anything about the jiggle physics at DOA X4. Or three, sorry, DOX three. Yeah, we'll see if they actually. It's like the question is like theoretically, technology has advanced quite a bit, so they could make it much better. But do of... they want to, or like, do they actually think that's a style now? <laughs> yeah, is the, is, the, is the crazy like sentient boob a <laughs> sentient <laughs> self aware? They sort of move on their own, don't they? They're like, <laughs> yeah, they're <being> weird. <laughs> Uh yeah, so Oops. non-gaming news that I thought might be interesting. Have you seen that um trailer for that Indiegogo-funded film Hardcore? Mm, no. Oh, maybe. No. It's an entire film shot in first person. Oh, I have seen it. Yeah, it looks crap. <laughs> well, I don't know. A bit of me is kind of like. Yeah, well, it's made on a budget, obviously, but what they've achieved on that budget seems kind of neat. Mm. There's some neat effects in there. Yeah, totally. There's neat effects. I just think I think I might I might enjoy it. Well, it's to be enjoyed in the same way that you enjoy Crank. You know, yeah, it's just okay, a it's just a crazy ass ride. <laughs> crazy ass ride. A crazy ass ride. Yeah, a ride for your butts. <laughs> we haven't talked about this stupid rock star thing that happened i watched that yeah i watched it that was the next i didn't i didn't uh, watch that it. Was, is it worth that watching? was what i was gonna end on 
You know what? It kind of is. It's like, okay. okay, the internet kind of blew up about it in a very negative way. So it, it has stirred up a bit of discussion, uh, not only from fans or video game pundits, of which I think a lot of people have gone into it very defensively inside yeah. of, yeah, video games, um, but I, actually from the Rockstar devs themselves being somewhat, yeah, this didn't happen. Yeah, this is completely bullshit. Yeah, this of didn't course. happen. Of course it is, because they wouldn't tell the BBC anything. Yeah, well, yeah. actually... It's <laughs> their own fault. This is where the where it gets weirder, because the, the, the program starts with that little bit of white text that basically says this story... We, yeah, we've ch- they, they up front say, look, we've changed the timeline. Things didn't quite happen like this, but we've, fought, we've built this story out of talking to people and having interviews with those involved. And that's what they say. Like, that if, is the, that, if that did say that, it said we built it, this story out of court records is what it basically said. It's, it, and it does <laughs> specific, because I went back and checked, it does say, and interviews with those involved. Like, it doesn't say what that means. Like, like, uh, like did they talk to just the people in the courtrooms or did they talk to, uh, as it turns out, no one from the original dev team appears to know anyone who was approached. Like, right. not even like, not even like refused because of the whole rock star suing them situation. Like, and like blanket said, no, look, I'm not allowed to. They don't know of anyone that was actually approached by the production team. So it doesn't appear that Rockstar was actually really like had any influence on this. Um, which may be for the best, I suppose from like, if you're making a documentary, maybe you don't really want them to try and influence the story. Like a docudrama. Um, I think you probably want to know some details about the story. You're yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like, it, it, it's really interesting because I kind of want to know where the info came from. So, you know, there are some obvious problems. Like the timeline is properly messed up um, in terms of what happened when. Um, none of it obviously takes place in Edinburgh where the majority of the development actually happened. Um Plenty of it is anachronistic, as in, like, so the office is like a bit, is a, like a modern style startup studio, you know, brick walls, giant glass uh, dividers for amongst everyone, where the real office is actually like, as you would imagine an office to be, like, for a software house in the 80s, that kind of thing, like cubicles and giant CRTs. Right. It's like, you'll be like, the office didn't have CRTs, it was flat screens, and it's like, they didn't have flat screens then, you know, little, no, little things were just all wrong and hipsters bicycles and that kind of stuff it's just like this is all wrong none of this was really a thing when these were made yeah um i mean it looks good <laughs> but but none of it is quite right no but in a weird way when you start digging into this the things people are complaining about aren't actually the important bits like so one of the major complaints are, is that jack thompson to some degree is portrayed slightly more sympathetically than I think the video game community would have liked. Right. Um, because, you know, he was an asshole. His he was mental. Research, he was mental. His research was unfounded, that kind of stuff. But yet in the documentary, they make it sound like the actual scientific stuff that he got was from respected experts and, uh, like, you know, that it was legit, basically, that, 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 that what he was presenting came from for for a place of good intentions and yeah. from research that was well founded, yeah, which um, is not so, neither which, which are true. 
neither, you know, neither of which is particularly true. And the thing is, it there also... are legitimate like like concerns about the rise of games like Grand Theft Auto, I'm sure. But Jack Donson was not the one voicing legitimate concerns. He was the one voicing no. illegitimate concerns. Exactly, yeah. Jack Thompson was is perhaps not the one face they should have focused on in this, but they kind of wanted to make it Thompson versus Hauser. Yeah. Um, and that is a little difficult. I'll admit, even from my perspective, you know, like trying to tackle this objectively rather than listening to the video game community get all up in arms about it, that did rub me up a little bit the wrong way because I think we know that that wasn't exactly how it happened. And they also sort of it, like everything about his motivation is played up as being well founded, um, and maybe that's true. But then they go a little bit step too far, which again may be true, but I don't know if we knew anything about this. And they play him as basically a religious nut job, like going like it's a, a sign, like God has told me to do this, and it's like, mm. Uh, yeah. mm, I, May, again, maybe that's true, but man, does it rub me up when they use that as a crutch. Like, I don't know, it just seems like lazy storytelling to some degree. I barely used it at all. Used it a lot! No, they didn't. There was that bit on the golf course and that was about it. He it was worked. like, I, he was unsure of his faith for a moment and then he had a bit where he was like, oh, God, show me a sign, and then nothing happened and then he just carried on. <laughs> it was like, but then something <laughs> something sort of did happen, didn't there? There was like a yeah, moment. Yeah, not that exact moment. That's no. not how that works. If you ask God for a sign <laughs> and then it's like two days later, something happens and you're like, holy shit, that took a while. <laughs> oh, mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the old man, there were bits of his like family storyline though that are messed up, right? There's that whole bit with like Jack Thompson and his kid. Well, like, the kid he's gonna, was he's like, go like really at, ridiculous. Well, right? right at the start, he's just like, oh, I'm going to do a talk at your school to be all like, to set it free. But of course, and, and that only really, that doesn't happen. Like, like at the end of the show, he's only about to go and make this talk or yeah. something. And of course, that's like three or four years later in the real timeline. But of course, in terms of the show, that must have happened over the course of a week. It's like the entire show is over the length of the duration of San Andreas's development. Kind of. Which was two years. And it's like... Two then, years must that, have been that, that whole situation didn't make sense. Well, no, no, that, well, I think actually San Andreas only came out like two, maybe two and a half. Oh, no, it was two years was the plan, I think. And then I think it was right. three years after Vice City. That, Vice City I yeah. can't remember. But it, it's two or three years. Regardless. That whole situation yeah. didn't make sense just from a, that's not how real families work. It's like, if you're a kid and you're oh, going to school and, it, and your dad is coming in to like a talk about something which a lot of the other kids at school don't like, that doesn't make it better, no matter what he says. Well, no, <laughs> that's not how children work. <laughs> You were getting bullied forever. Sure, and, he, and it, up until that bonding moment at the end, it's like Rizzo's he did bullshit. toe that line. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't toe it hard. No, that's good. It's like he got bullied at school and he was just like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, that, that I didn't think was the unbelievable bit. Kids do hide. Yeah, but like... Trauma. <laughs> but because it wasn't focused on him at all, because it was entirely on Jack Thompson. It was an unnecessary storyline. Yeah. None of that needed to be there. Um, as is that weird bit with his wife, really. Any like interaction he had with his wife didn't really need, feel right. I mean, yeah, admittedly they're both lawyers, so they kind of treat each other in a weirdly professional way. Yeah. Um, but there was that bit at the end where it's just like you've supported me for everything, and it's just like this just feels really up. off. I don't know. But that's yeah, that's just dramatizing, I suppose, like bad dramatizing. But. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think the portrayal of Jack Thompson was slightly off. They did go a little bit with the the bit where they they did say, "Oh, he's a bit of a nut job." Was his obsession with it? 
in that you know he couldn't hold back from sending like basically uh, I don't know deflammatory emails to everyone saying like you're siding with the with the devil or whatever like, or like how dare you sort of conjoin with these liars to a judge well that's where you know, that really, kind of thing and it's like okay yeah he is a bit stu- he's stupid but well that's where it didn't mesh because it was like they were showing him in a like less ridiculous light than he actually was, but then they were essentially just using the actual emails. So it didn't look right when he was like calmly sitting there typing these things and then just sending them off and then be like, well, I guess I should have done that. <laughs> just like, that's not really how that works when you're sending ridiculous emails along those lines. He was in, a, like a crazy rage almost. Yeah, he was a lot more like in this footage and his, t- his TV appearances were a lot more aggressive. Than they portrayed in yeah in this, it just didn't match with the tone of those no. emails where he's just like casually sitting there, just casually typing out. I'll just type out this email quickly before I go to bed. It's not a problem. <laughs> Conversely, on the other side, I think Daniel Radcliffe played what he was given very well because you know Radcliffe is awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, but they did. I, I don't. Again, this is the bit I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure whether or not that what the truth is. I'm not that familiar with the houses uh and you know what kind of people they are but boy do they they portray um sam is it sam hauser yeah as kind of a perverted weirdo and it's right. like do they well, really the first half of the show is almost entirely him going i need sex i want sex in this game give me sex like nothing else really doesn't talk about a great deal else other than we need sex in this game and then when everything starts to sort of fall apart then suddenly they actually start talking about game stuff like oh we need this character to be all like uh i don't think it was that weird it was like it made sense in a perfectly logical progression where I think they he, just... where they framed it with him being like pissed off that, that they didn't think that they could put it in a game when it would be perfectly fine in a oh, film no, that bit was fine that those arguments I've got not a problem with. It's when he's like, like that bit where he's just writing that email or whatever, and it's like maybe that email was pulled from fact or something. But it's just I don't know. I think they went in a bit too. Heavy well, at some point, it. you have to describe exactly what you want to see. <laughs> sure, in words yeah. to another person. No, it just it just <laughs> felt like too much of the focus on that half of the story. I mean, they had that bit that they maybe should have spent slightly more time on, slightly around that point where they went to where they went to like actual gang territory. And oh, then sure. There was the random yeah. gang guy who would play GTA. And he was like, holy shit, it's like, put you, me in your game. It's like, it's you, like you guys made GTA? <laughs> oh, come here, guys. You're no, you're no longer invading on my turf. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you're the GTA guys. It's like, that made sense. That was cool. It was, a, it was a good scene. <laughs> Actually, I really liked the opening scene with like Devin Moore being going on his rampage. I thought that was actually well done. I don't know. That was a bit ridiculous. And it didn't really fit with the rest of the film at all. Oh, no, it Because doesn't. it was yeah. uh, like a weird third-person camera view that they tried to pull off. Yeah, it really doesn't. <laughs> and also, any time where they talk anything actually about the game, a little bit cringeworthy. Like, no, uh, it wasn't too bad. I need a new game engine next scene. So we've built a new game engine that well, we, they, call, we call the Rage. Well, or... just because it wasn't... <laughs> That was only because it seemed like it happened quickly, but it like it made sense where they were just like, "Oh, we'll use this for the ping pong yeah. game." <laughs> well, this is the thing, like, yeah, because they didn't. It wasn't that wasn't well explained because in theory that engine wasn't actually used in San Andreas no. because like which, <laughs> that was like after because they just like also, after that yeah they basically just say, "Oh yeah, why don't you do ping? Why don't you do ping pong to show off your animation system?" And it's like, yeah, sure. And then actually, they, and I thought they were just going to leave it at that, being well, that's wrong. But they do actually come back to it later after San Andreas has been out, and it's all like, yeah, you know what, this is good. 
but then he still fires the guy because he's crazy. Yeah, that was a bit like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the because it was only because of the like the time scale was compressed that that really seemed weird. Yeah. Where it's just like that dude who's never in the office because he's flying everywhere all the time. Mm. <laughs> it's like that's it seems a lot worse than it probably was. Even though he, because it seems like he goes and then stays there for about twenty minutes and then comes back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rather than it was probably like weeks or whatever. And like everyone being in the office at eleven p.m. even when it's not crunch time, like they've already shipped the bloody game and it's like everyone's still there. Like they're not in a crunch. Why? 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 That doesn't make sense. Start the next year. <laughs> yeah. That was basically what happened. <laughs> Always start working on the next year. Well, sure, of course they would. They, would, they probably would have been working on the next thing quite a long time before San Andreas came out. Definitely, they because like, that's that. how that works. Yeah. And then, of course, they fucked up the ending unnecessarily. I don't know why they did that. It was just dumb. Oh, what? Yeah, they're suddenly like, yeah, everything's all right now. Danny Radcliffe is going to pretend that he's in the game for some reason. Yeah, that was a bit weird. It's like because that's not that's not what that scene means. It's no. like if that's. They just if, wanted to make a cool. Yeah, they wanted to make a, a, like a reference to the game. But if you're doing that, like, because they, I'm sure they've done that in other films, I guess. Or you go off the rails a bit. Yeah, but where just, like just to do something cool, someone goes crazy, but then it's like their perception of reality changes, so it, like they don't think that they're doing what they're doing, and that's what that scene implied to me because that's what it's been used for before. But that's not sure. what that what story was. That was just the end of the story, and it was like it that was of, just a fancy fade out. Basically. Yeah, it seemed out of place. They hadn't done that anywhere else in the game, but they they decided it had to, and like yeah. And uh, they could have hired a slightly better CG team, maybe, to make it actually look well, more like the game when they made custom But they stuff. don't want it to look like the game, so they don't get sued. <laughs> and it's quite hard to make a fake... They did like, show a video. the game. They did, but like in weird like semi-transparent overlays. Well, they showed hot coffee Not in a really. YouTube video. Well, yeah, in a YouTube video. That's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> You have to you have to either make it so transparent or couch it within another video within the video. Yeah, that's how you can get a past cover, right? And I guess the other bone of contention was that whenever they showed someone playing the game, they showed it with that sort of typically cliched, like glazed eyes, occasionally pulling an aggressive face. Let's spin the camera around them and show they're being bombarded with data, kind of weird framing of it all. Well, like, that was suggesting just. <laughs> implying that video games are having a negative effect on them. like Well, that was only it, weird because like they did it at the start for the guy who goes and kills everybody, and that was like that was the obvious... It might make a bit of sense in that That was context. the obvious yeah. setup for that. And then they did it with like Jack Thompson, where he's like being exposed to the craziness, and that still vaguely sort of made sense. And sort of hinting that he was being... Revealing like he d- and... was discovering how bad it was. Well, yeah, but they, they also then implied that he had become drawn sort, in, by drawn the game, in yeah. and like lost track of tying him and somewhat. Although that could still be implied as like he was just into the research process. So. Well, it maybe, but yeah. <laughs> but but then the third time they did it near with the modder, yeah, where he's playing the game and it's doing the same thing with the same shot and the same kind of intense looking thing, and he's just like. I'm going to mod this now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. that didn't really fit the tone of that sequence. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they'd used it these two other ways where it's like, it was hardcore and then he's just a normal and then he has guy. A, yeah, and then he has a very like normal phone call saying, yeah, this game's phenomenal. I'm just, I'm going to, I think I'm thinking about digging in the code and making some mods. It would be awesome. <laughs> he didn't go on a rampage or <laughs> like punch his girlfriend or anything. He just sat there and those scenes call someone up. <laughs> they just feel odd. Like no one knows how to do 
like and i suppose it's really difficult but no one i don't think no one's ever achieved like the whole thing about yeah you're just playing a game scene right except maybe Shaun of the dead when they're playing time splitters Mate, yeah, is that the best good. portrayal is that the best portrayal of someone playing a video game <laughs> in, yeah but in, that's because they didn't have to show it really no they didn't whereas in this they had to they wanted to try and show the game as well i think probably so there's actually, not very many ways you could do that in a fancy sort of a way it might like be. Looking, you can even look at someone's face or you can look over their shoulder at the screen you can't really do both without doing you do it like a did. twitch you do it like a twitch channel that's how you do it <laughs> what face? the best might yeah. be in space actually like before they did Shaun of the dead when he's playing like um oh yeah uh, a tomb raider and he's also there's an opening sequence where he's playing um, time crisis. That's quite good, but it's only a oh, short that's... thing, obviously. But... Oh yeah, yeah. They're sort of throwaway to a degree, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Well, the Tomb Raider, he's like drowning her on purpose in the in the <laughs> because he's so depressed. He's like fuck you, Lara yeah. Croft. <laughs> Maybe it's just Edgar Wright. Anytime Edgar Wright touches video yeah. game stuff, he does it well. He does it right. As it were. Oh man, it, it, maybe you're right. I, like Gnome has been going on at me recently, going, "We're overdue for a Scott Pilgrim." I think we probably are. <laughs> it's time, is it? We're overdue. We need to watch it again. Wait for me. <laughs> Definitely love that to. film. <laughs> well, we got through Star Wars eventually, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, I've got a new one that we have to watch though. Apparently, because um, my podcast recommended it to me. I was listening to it this week, but apparently, it's like it's like the room, but like worse and better. It, like what the room but Worse and more. yeah um so wetter it's called fateful findings and the only way they can describe it is like it's like the room but if tommy wiseau was rubbish at making films what <laughs> so it's like worse than oh god i, I don't understand it's like a paranormal <laughs> conspiracy thriller or something so it's, it, it looks amazingly terrible so we kind of have to watch that if we can even find a copy of it you're tearing me apart exactly on that level i watched the trailer and i laughed <laughs> i was laughing straight away <laughs> anyway check that out listeners awesome man. what's it called again fateful findings <laughs> okay contradiction <laughs> and that's news news oh, what they uh, apparently Horizon did air their Are Video Games Really Bad For Us uh, yeah, really thing. I've got recorded, so maybe we can watch that tonight, but I haven't got around to seeing it. Yeah. Generally... I read, like, the, I read the news story that came out before it that was about it, and then right. I was like, okay, then. <laughs> they basically summed it up in one sentence, right? Because that's what you can do with every Horizon. Yeah. Every Horizon, <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was basically they summarised what you might consider like the free parts of the show that, they, that they're inevitably getting to do where it's like, oh, this guy mm-hmm. is doing this experiment and this guy is doing this experiment. So I read that and I was like, okay, good. <laughs> I got the gist of it. I guess I maybe I can watch it at some point. Yeah, maybe we'll watch that. Maybe. Also, Zach and I watched an episode, well, we watched an episode of Video Game Nation, just challenges video game weekly show. Mm. And uh, that has... um. Mr. Pointyhead, he used to do um, the inside Xbox stuff back on the 360 days. Is the host of it, so right. he can't work. Oh, good for him. <laughs> yep, Mr. Pointyhead for Denmark. So, my question is, what you been playing? Whatever you been playing, who wants to go first? Yeah. Like, 
I could go. Yeah. I've done the stupid Metal you Gear. You could go. Yeah, let's, let's, let's have Dan. Yeah, let's have Dan. Like, well, we were yeah, already talking about Metal Gear, so so yeah, I played yeah. Ground Zeroes. And I, I listened back to you complaining about Ground Zeroes as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, 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 I get your feeling. Like, I mm, I really liked it, uh, but I think like um, uh, like the side ops and stuff, they, they get to the point where it's less like a real game, obviously. So you have to like mm. forgive it as being a bit of a demo, I think. Even though, like, I unfortunately, because I like wanted to play Metal Gear Solid 5 and I was getting excited about it, I basically paid full price for Zeroes, whereas you got it basically free, didn't you, off gold? So I wanted yeah. to get the most out of it or whatever. But like, I think the side ops get a bit, once you get to the last ones, it's like a bit, I don't know. But the main game. I didn't, yeah. I didn't unlock any of the weird extra ops. I don't know. What no, I haven't do done that. Those. Well, well, but, for yeah. me, it's like the last side op is like destroy the anti-air emplacements. And I went to do it. Oh, that one and was then, hard. And like, well, I haven't done it yet because like the moment I, it was broad daylight. And then the moment you step onto the base, the alarm instantly goes off no matter what you do. Yep. And I was like, oh, fuck that. I can't really be bothered. <laughs> I, I should have I, sh- I should have just gone lethal during that but it kind of yeah. implies that you're supposed to stay stealthy but then actually when you blow up one of them like they're suddenly aware and it's like there's going to be an airstrike or something you need to hurry up like they just suddenly um speed everything up and there's a time limit begins and it's like right well you know i probably should have just run and gunned this one <laughs> did you manage to do it then um i've done it in the thing. end but um no not really in the end i sort of gave up and was like nope this has gone to hell yeah. i'm just gonna and there were there were just there were just um, ways that the enemy troops are organised that makes that practically impossible to do yeah. non-lethal. Yeah. It's like like three guys just standing right next to the emplacement, and it's like, well, if I trank one, then yeah. the other two are just going to wake him up. Notice, and like, yeah, I can't exactly. I can't get all three with the equipment I have. Yeah, so it's. So that's the yeah, thing. I, I, I like playing non-lethal and stuff, and I could do the main mission like really nicely that way. And some of the late, you know, the side, the the the, the number one side op of eliminating the two guys or whatever. That's a fun one. I like that. Um, although, um, well, I think one thing that annoys me is like I like the stealth. I especially like the um, all their sort of noticing you thing. That's really good. Mm. You know, you, where the music changes and you get that sort of. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's well that, done. that stuff is so yeah. good. And they come and they investigate, and then and then sometimes but they, they don't have, always. Like if they just see, they don't always. Like, so they don't. They don't always go into the, the investigation. But of course, you can hear them when they're going to do it because they when radio gonna, it in. Yeah, well, they don't always radio it in, and if they do radio it in, and then you grab them and kill them or whatever, then they go on alert, of course, because they're like. Well, they where did you in. go? Yeah. yeah, they check in. All that stuff is so much more kind of real than like the stealth games I used to play, like Splinter Cell or whatever. Like even the fact that when you knock someone out, they wake back up is like, obviously that's irritating, but it's also like, of course they would. Um, yeah. You know, all that stuff is so much more real. And I and the open worldness makes it more kind of visceral and real than than like those kind of i know what you were describing of like four and i yeah. like that in i mean I, I get... cell. it's like this is the environment this is the this is the pattern of them walking and stuff and then if i knock him yeah, out don't wrong. I, I understand that i understand that, that, that there's definitely more systems at play and there's definitely more realistic and unpredictable systems working with mm. each other but I, i'm not convinced that makes when you're trying to do a totally yeah. hidden run and something unpredictable happens yeah, that is the like, most frustrating thing in the world. <laughs> sure, but I mean, I think it gives you, like, 
it gives you that the fact that they yeah, don't notice you instantly necessarily is when, like really good because you can uh, react yeah. like before it goes bling or whatever, which is really really good. Whereas in other games like in Splinter Cell, if they if they spot you, that's it. Or for example, so it's totally binary. Mm. Whereas I really like that there's this kind of oh they're noticing you thing, or and and I like that the base is open enough that you can kind of spot most people with your binoculars before you you know. Not always, obviously, when it, but yeah. you can, you can, if you prepare, you can actually like. But there's that, that, places where actually you putting your head out to use your binoculars will get you seen. Will get you seen, yeah, it's yeah. Like, especially when you're in the main base, you know. Yeah, the main base the is harder, but yeah. But the thing is, like, uh, there's a few things that. So I don't find the actual like the mechanics are generally good, and the shooting, and everything is actually quite good. But yeah, yeah, the that actual feels nice. the movement, I think it might be the dead zones on my sticks or something, but I find it like not as nice as it used to be in Splinter Cell in terms of the analogness of the movement. Because for me, it goes into like full speed crouch walking a bit too early. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't seem to adjust that. I don't know if it's a dead zone thing on this, but that wouldn't be. But like for me, it's quite hard to to, to move slowly and quietly. I've heard that actually by default in... in Metal Gear 5, they're they're even more perceptive to you. Like, like, because I... You know, if I wanted to sneak up behind someone, it's like if I was, uh, I, I would I would crouch walk, but I could do it at full speed, and they wouldn't notice. Right. Yeah. But now in in five, you can't do that apparently, like, unless you get like right. a, a, a suit upgrade or something like that. You well, that's to... fine by me as long as they've made it easier to do because I quite like that feeling of having to hold the analog stick halfway in order to creep. Like, oh sure, there's a tension, tension to it. Yeah, right? I like yeah. that. It's like in Mario sixty four, you had that um, mechanic. Um, creeping with, past the sleeping piranha <laughs> exactly and i've always liked that um so but for me that that doesn't feel quite right and also um like the cover you'll pop into cover or as it were you'll put your hand on cover to show you're in cover like when you're stuck mm. up against it for me it's not quite sticky enough so when i'm going to the edge of something i'm in cover in sometimes i like you know, just move out into the open. And I'm like, no, I didn't want yeah. to do that. And that's annoying yeah. me. So I'm hoping that is tightened up in five. Yeah, I had that problem. Yeah. I, I found it difficult sometimes to get it to stick. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, exactly. Like that, that classic. So that is not quite sticky enough and I can't quite move quite the way I want. So that's annoying me a little bit. But otherwise, like, yeah, the AI or whatever, the enemies and all that stuff, I really like it. And, um, um, and the Trank gun is great and everything. Uh, and uh, I, I, I get mean, the I, I get the feeling that if I like like I think I said before like if I approached it in a way that wasn't necessarily what the game was telling me that I should approach it like maybe if I like didn't care so much about trying to be a hundred percent stealth and retrying whenever I got spotted or yeah. like and just like in that case oh it's gone to hell revert to the guns yeah. uh, and just being going all out that maybe I would have a better time of it but then actually like from what I've been hearing about Metal Gear Five. Mm. That actually there are plenty of equipment options That's that just can, so it's that can be... actually like 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 dampen all of these worries I have about yeah. having to go lethal or stuff like that. Actually, there comes a think. point where you can do so much, yeah, that that there may always be a solution. I think that is going to be it. I think in five you're going to have so many more options for playing the way you want to play because of all this equipment stuff. But I'm still enjoying Ground Zeroes anyway, so that's kind of um, encouraging. But it does get a little bit... Like, my main... One of the things is, like, 
I, I do, I definitely don't like time limits c- combined with stealth. That really annoys me. Like, because I want to yeah. take as much time as possible. I don't want to be, and also it gives you a rating at the end of the missions and it will do in five. And I think apparently time is a big factor in, and, and yeah, I don't care about a rating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to look at, you know, no alarms tripped, no enemies killed and stuff. That's what I care about. I don't, I don't, I quite like spending a long time doing I it. I hear to that get some of right. the, like, super end game stuff in five may be somewhat tied to getting a good rank in some missions oh well um, i can always like which, look up a guide which, for that shit or, yeah maybe yeah, at that point because you can cheese the, the i mean at that mission. point you're probably like 50 hours in like it's a long exactly game. exactly yeah i mean you can cheese the mission the main mission in in grand zeros in like 15 minutes i think because oh, can um, you? yeah because you, you if you rush to the 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 prison yard and and it's you know let them out and then the next bit you have to go to the main base but you can just go straight into that trunk and hide in the truck and it takes you to the base and you can pretty much get out and straight into the boiler room so i think mm-hmm. you can like do it like pretty much really really quick if you want to s rank it or whatever but which is interesting and cool you know if you want to go ahead and get the most out of it or whatever but i don't like being penalized like that one where you the the the, the first side op where you have to take out the two targets that is effectively hard time limited i discovered after a while because eventually they'll just leave the base yeah yeah i've yeah. had that and like that i was like what no that really annoyed me uh because actually, i was what, in the what middle annoyed of... me about what annoyed me about that mission is actually that the oh no it's the take the guys out one there's one isn't there where yeah. there's like an informant or something yeah he knows who you are yeah but then like you, you sort he's of see him and you, you but yeah but then he's also a baddie at the same time yeah. and it's like but you've like that, that, I found that really confusing because it's like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but he knows who we are, and he's like, he wants to tell us the info, but then yeah. is also performing his job when he sees us, and it's like, no, that's not right. Yeah, it's quite weird that that mission is quite weird because also he he also betrays you, but it's quite hard to because um, the idea is that uh, spoiler alert, I guess <laughs> for an old game, but like there's for a camera. Demo right where where for the tape he tells you to get there's a camera right there so it's easy to mm. if you don't spot it and that's like supposedly a setup and there's another yeah. tape or something but like trying to that, actually, that bit was kind of cool actually because it's yeah. like when you when you realize what that is it's like oh i've got a smoke grenade that's cool i can just yeah. fill this room with smoke do what i need to do and get out and no one will know uh-huh. oh cool that works oh that's brilliant because i just shot the camera and of course they noticed that but I managed oh, to yeah, yeah i just anyway. i just smoked to the room and no one saw it and it's like yeah okay nice. i can sneak in Nice work. Yeah, that kind of thing is what you... I it's think obviously gonna... a room entirely filling with smoke. It's much less suspicious than the camera that you shot out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's slightly odd, isn't it? Like, But of course <laughs> the mechanic is you shoot the camera and someone in the control room gets notified that that camera's turned off, I guess. Like <laughs> guess some so. alarm fires, I suppose. It's like, this camera's off! Whereas so we're smoking it, the camera just goes, yeah, I'm still on. Like, <laughs> and, and the guy who's meant to be looking at the camera feed just isn't. Yeah. He's just having a rest. That, that is the... That is the <laughs> The conceit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's that is a good example. I think in five, there's going to be so many more crazy options because apparently you just try stuff like that and it just works. Well, yeah, and all the buddy, all the buddy systems, like all the conversations people have been having about what buddy to bring in certain yeah. circumstances. It sounds fascinating. It sounds fucking amazing. It's so like I'm, in a weird way, the meta game is the bit that I'm least interested in. Right, like the one where you have to like build up your own base. But I think you're going to get all into that it, though. stuff. Sounds maybe, maybe. But yeah, I think I, I, might have, mean. I, I, it, I think it's a game I'm going to have a hard time with because it really just yeah. isn't my thing. But um, yeah. it sounds too interesting. Uh, it's got to be done. I'm staring at the Steam page right now. It's like 46 quid. And I'm like, yeah. It's a lot. It. For a PC game, that's a lot. I, I don't care. 
<laughs> it'll be worth it. But um, I mean, obviously, it'll be cheap later. But but I'm not going to. Well, I suppose it works out on the uh, the rob pound per hour ratio. Oh, it definitely will. Um, but yeah, and also the other thing is like because I was getting annoyed in uh, uh, knocking people out and they'd wake up, so I'd do the naive knockout mm. where you just slam them to the ground, and after that they wake up after like five minutes. And because I'm going slowly, yeah. that's that's quite quick, or even quicker than that. Actually, it's like four minutes or something. But I went and looked up better, the differences. Right. Yeah, the chokehold is good, and the best is like combo tranking where you, you, you well I, the combo one's actually pretty obviously tranking is even better but like the combo one's pretty good where you go bash What's bash the bash, combo bash. you you like tap the thing really fast you but you have to be behind them on you have to be next to them without pushing forward so you have to get right, right up behind them and stop and then and then uh, quickly squeeze the trigger uh, multiple times to do oh. a combo and that'll knock them out for a long time because you can um, tap to do the quick choke can't you like if you're well, you're supposed, that's how you're supposed to do it, right? When you want to choke them out, you have to tap the button anyway. Well, you hold, don't you, to grab them, and then you tap. You release and tap to quickly yeah. to, and tap, tap, tap to choke, yeah. But I'm talking about, like, without holding them at all, just going up yeah, next to them and, and like, bashing them. So that works. I but like, didn't know about that. I thought the game was pretty bad at teaching you, like, in, at least yeah, in Ground Zero. It, it, doesn't really, it doesn't really teach you about how no. CQC is supposed to work. No, it doesn't. And there's lots of options. Like, I went and looked them all up, and it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But, like, I don't think it's going to be... Because there were moments where I just wanted to get into, like, a fist fight and, like, disarm a dude, or, like, yeah. like this would, this is the best the best solution to this circumstance would just be to knock this guy out with my fists. Because that has a whole crazy hold-up like, system. It would, did you even yeah. know that? You can put your gun at people and they'll, they'll put their hands yeah, yeah, up yeah. and stuff and like all kinds of crap. If you catch them unawares, you can do that and then just come up to them and then deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I never had that. I never had that happen because they all would just go into spot state if I yeah. did that. And it's like, mm, all right, I, maybe I don't quite understand how this works. Or Yeah. Um, I don't think the game did a very good job of teaching me that stuff. No. At least not in Ground Zeroes, and I hope they do a better job in Five of I'm that sure. stuff. Hopefully they'll have because more. Be in in, to in do. fairness, Metal Gear has always, always been bad at that. Um, yeah. Four had actually a, a quite a lot of CQC-based stuff, but I never used it because I didn't know how. Right, yeah. It's pretty cool it's... that they put a lot of detail into the CQC. Uh, obviously, this has been a feature of Metal Gear for a while. Of course, I've never been aware of it, but like they have a dude who does the ninja shit or whatever who, yeah. who mocaps or everything and is like the consultant guy or whatever who's mm. been working on Metal Gear for like 10 years or something. Yeah, I think it, he got involved since 3, I want to say, as we yeah. started doubling down uh, on this I think stuff. that's right, yeah. But yeah, I mean, but I'm not going to be so worried about people waking up in the future because they'll probably all be Fultons back to Mother Base in the, in the main <laughs> game. Yeah. At least the ones who have any decent skills. That whole system sounds nuts. It's totally nuts. Like the bit that worries me the most actually is how is the is the adaptation. Like how bad guys adapt to your tactics. Like if you if you're too reliant on headshot tranks, they'll all start wearing wear head, helmets, head, helmets yeah. and armor, and you can't trank them anymore. It's like, oh god damn it! What do we do now? Yeah, that actually was a feature of Splinter Cell at one point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but still, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm, you're going to hear more from, of of that from me, but I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could be bothered to play the the. the I wouldn't get too mission. into Ground Zero. It doesn't yeah. seem that it's there's, it's not there's nothing really yet. there. Yeah, no. I think it's better to just dive into the main thing because it's going to take long enough. So, I, I, I mean, I'll, if you've seen the main story stuff in Ground Zero, that's yeah. all you need. Yeah, exactly. 
And have, it was in- you, have you rescued Kojima? Yeah, I did that. Well, I didn't. I've that done all the side cool. ops except for the <laughs> except for the, except the artillery. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I'm not going to get anything out of the extra ops anyway because I'm not a Metal Gear guy. No. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think if I, I think I might enjoy it as a, just a, if I just as as long as I don't care. And that that to me is a tricky thing to achieve. Like, I, yeah, because I want to do well, but I need to kind of just yeah. I'm not going to be getting any that. A ranks or anything. Yeah, I have to treat it in the same way that I end up treating Assassin's Creed games, and it's like let's just find some method to success. I don't care how. <laughs> Indeed. So yeah, and that's all I've played apart from Mario Maker and a bit of um, Towerfall, I guess. Woo! Towerfall. Yeah. Big up the Towerfall. I'm pretty bad at Towerfall. Game. I need to like practice. Oh, it's awesome. Let's right. go next then. Yeah. Pick. pick. Uh. Should we have some Zagreus since he hasn't been talking for a while and then uh, bring, it back, <laughs> bring it back with Rob at the end? Some Zagarius game. Well, how much longer have we got? <laughs> That's the first question. Uh, half an hour? Minutes. 20 oh, minutes? Half an hour. Okay, I can't see very well Jeez. from here. So. <laughs> I think you're right, 20 minutes. I just started my count late, so we're going to be over. But Well, whatever. I, I, as usual, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to know in advance. No, but you know, let's try and let's at least get close. <laughs> So I guess we should talk mainly about Rocket League. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what... Zach introduced this to me in possibly the best way. Well, the, best, what... the best idea. What happened was, as often happens with me, I watched a bunch of people playing it and then I was like, well, fuck, now I have to play it. <laughs> because <laughs> there comes a certain point where I guess it's like, in some ways it's bad because it's like I'm being influenced to, to go out and buy a game that I might not have otherwise done. Because of like willpower or something, Mm. I guess. But then on the other hand, it's sort of good because I'm not just buying a game sight unseen. I'm only buying it after I've watched a whole bunch of it and like been like, okay, yes, this is definitely something that I'm probably going to enjoy. Yeah, that's true. That's a sensible purchase, if you ask me. That's that's how you should do it. Yeah, in theory, with all all the uh, tools that we now have with which to judge a game before we play it, uh, that's the perfect solution. That's. But yeah, so I watched a whole bunch of people, various people playing it, and then I, I I decided that I had to get in, so I did. And then, but you didn't tell us about it, and then you just sort of well, turned no, up and said we have to play. But it, it was only like the day of, <laughs> day before, oh, right? We just told like the first I hear of it is like you're turning up the house, and no, I didn't realize what you were doing. But it's like you, you just say we have to play this, and at that point the game's already bloody downloading onto my system. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like okay, <laughs> not that it's big or anything, but no, it's like four gigs or yeah. Something. It didn't take long. But yeah, Zach had the awesome idea of like, well, you've got two screens. This is, yeah. and like, you have an NVIDIA card. So we could, and it has vertical split screen as an option. Let's turn NVIDIA surround mode on so the game starts treating it like a, two monitors as a single monitor. And then turn vertical split screen on, and then we can play it with a monitor each. Yep. But that is a totally awesome way to play that game. Does it work? And yeah. yeah <laughs> really nice. bloody well. I mean, the only problem with doing that is you can't reposition the UI, so, so some everything, are... everything appears in the middle of the two screens, yeah. like the menu parts and like the scoreboard and stuff. Yeah, so some elements aren't great, but but actually playing the game is just fine. Yeah, and it's it's that was awesome. That was a cool way of doing it. So we did a bunch of that, and then Rob had to buy the game as well. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. I was after that, a couple of matches. I was properly addicted, and it's like. For me, I've, I over the last what was it? We've been playing it about a week. Yep, 
I'm nearly at 20 hours of playing that in a week. And it's like, for me, that's yeah. a bloody lot. That's a bloody lot of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you've been playing it, love it a whole bunch when I haven't been playing it. Although I've still managed to get more hours than you somehow. Well, I think it's like I've played it a couple of nights for longer. Sure. Whereas you've played it more consistently. I, I really, it's, oh, I, just, I just so want to get better at it. I suck. I'm, I'm, well, there's just certain tactics. I'm, I'm good at certain things. And I'm terrible at other things. Yeah. And it's like those other things that I suck at, like defense. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at that. Although I'm a lot better than most people who end up in the bloody goal. Like if, if, well, because... if there's one guy in the goal, you could pretty much rely on him to be bad. And it's like, and that's because defense is really hard. Like actually goalkeeping is pretty hard. Well, the trouble is that like, well, the first problem is that people don't seem to understand the obvious unwritten rule where if you spawn closest to the goal stay in the fucking goal yeah because there's a good chance that the kickoff will just randomly go towards the net and you need someone back there yes that's the first problem and then like the second problem is is there's not really any communication between randoms of course because there never is in any game i mean it does have speech but no one uses it that's not just how games work but this is like you sort of have to have someone vaguely commit to being a goalkeeper, and then yeah. I, I end up doing that all the time. Yes, and it's all, or me. Like I find, like the teammates are really. And I went in a match the other time, and someone like put on the chat, "Yeah, I'm defending." And then within like two seconds, he'd come out of the goal on a on a on a on a pull. But of course, the two of us were already out there, and it's like, and then a, a single random punt then sends the ball all the way across the pitch into the goal. And I couldn't help but type at that point, defending her. <laughs> well, which obviously didn't go down well. <laughs> but like, there's a certain point where you have to like sure, rush there, out. There is a pull, but you normally don't crash the net with all three. Like if you're playing a three-on-three game, you normally don't crash the net with all three players unless you're desperate. I don't know. And this happened within the first few seconds of the match. It's like yes, you can do it, but boy, is it risky. I don't know. He just came out, and there was no need for him to come out. It's not like we were on the best push. Like, all of their players were back. It's like the chance of us scoring was slim. Well, the problem I had... And it's like, it's it's those moments where someone makes a poor call that are frustrating, but that is the game, in a way. It's like, it's people making calls. (laughs) The problem I have with playing defence is that I... The thing that I need to get better at from playing defence is, like... I either end up... you, You can just stay in the goal... But then there's no chance for you to do like rushes because it's like really mm. when you're when the ball is way up in the enemy's corners, you want to be on the halfway line almost. So Maybe if yeah. the, if it bounces across, you can boost in and get it. Yeah, but then that's risky as well because then, you, then yeah. you have to get better at like boosting back and getting to the goal just in time. And turn, yeah, and turning around and then being having good enough awareness to actually react to what you need to do in time. Yeah, yeah. that stuff is really hard, and that's where I suck the most. Like yeah. if if I do decide to come out and then suddenly go, nope, that was a bad call. I need to pull this back, or like the the, the what's happened up front hasn't exactly gone the right way. And it's like yeah, getting back in time and then making the save is it's super difficult. And then the other trouble, the other problem that I have, the other thing that I'm not good at is like not going full speed. <laughs> <laughs> because basically I just drive in circles because I, I like I like I feel like I just want to maintain as much momentum as I can mm. so so that I can transition into maximum boost speed with like minimum that amount of boost sure. so I just drive in circles or just like drive in figure eight like on halfway line waiting for the ball to come out but then that most of the time means that I'm not actually facing a good, in a good direction when something so happens your rea- so your reaction speed is slower but then way. like stopping seems too risky as well because yeah. then you're accelerating from a standstill and you're leaving yourself open to being hit Tackled. yeah 
So I haven't really worked that out what to do. And that just screws me as well when I'm like under the ball because I don't... It's a trouble with ball Being cam, under, really. under the ball is really just difficult the best of times. Oh, so. well, yeah. And it's a trouble with ball cam, really, because you're looking up at the ball and you can't see what's around you. So yeah. that makes you feel like you don't want to stop because you know that other people are going to be there. <laughs> yeah, like when I'm in goal, there's the delicate blend of switching between the two cameras, like just to be able to see what's going on and trusting what's on the floor so you can see where everyone else is. But then that moment where it sort of crosses the net at an awkward angle and it's like, oh, God, I'm going to need ball cam to line this up. But then you miss something important and it's like, oh... It's like I wouldn't mind turning ball cam off so much if the arrow pointer that there is that points to the ball had like a range indicator on it as well. That would be useful. Because it's yeah. really, I mean, I turn it off when I'm like, the, really the only time I turn ball cam off is when I'm lining up to get a boost. So yeah. I know that I'm driving directly towards the boost pad. Uh, okay. <laughs> I turn it off quite a lot, actually. Like if I'm on attack, I spend quite a long t- lot of time with it off. So like I'm, I, I sort of know where the ball is because of the, the indicator and stuff. and. Uh, uh, but if I'm lining up uh, a rebound or something, I kind of want to know where everyone else is in in compared to where where I'm traveling more than I do the ball. And it's like, and that works out actually quite well. There is a trick to it, and it's like I think it's going to be different for every player, like what they prefer. But it's uh, that managing your camera is is enough of a skill requirement. <laughs> I just I think the default camera is a bit dodgy in any way. And the trouble is that, like... Well, it always points in the direction of travel. Well, yeah, that's one of the problems. I think it could do with, like, a bit of lag or something. Like, so you could start turning, but the camera wouldn't follow immediately. Or, what, like, classic arcade style. Yeah, because um, it's a bit extreme when it's, like, locked hard onto the back of your car, and you're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Just swinging backwards and forwards wildly. Yeah, I think you're right. And the d- trouble with it, really, is that, like, it could have done with a separate set of sliders for like ball cam and non-ball cam, so you could configure oh, like yes. range and stuff differently for yeah, each. Yeah, that would be good because I have been toying with the camera controls, and I've, like I'm playing a bit better now that I've moved the camera quite a long way away from the car. Right. So I get a little more like perception of the grass around me. Yeah. It's like things have got a little bit easier since I've done that. It's even sort sort of easier when you drive up the walls and stuff because the camera seems more willing to go through the transparent barrier. Yeah. So you end up with a little bit more perception of where you are in relation to everything else, and it's like that seems to have helped for me. But it's it's nice that they put all that, all those options in for like customizing the camera position. Anyway, yeah, it's like that's kind of unexpected and neat that it's there. And also, I'm not sure whether I should start ramping my FOV up again because I turned it down <laughs> initially to 75 because that's what I'm used to from like Team Fortress because I thought it was making me kind of feel ill when it was on its default of like 90 but you it's I'll like turn mine up. <laughs> you just need more <laughs> yeah you just need more view you need more vision but I'm not sure because the trouble is that the FOV actually also affects the camera position to some extent mm. like it actually moves the camera back as well it'd be awesome if they officially supported like three monitors and multi-mon so they have like the two screens as like a wide angle but everything ha- everything happens by default in the middle but you then use the two as like a like the extra screens you would attach to a racing simulator or something well surely that's what that would just how that works right if you set the resolution to spread across three monsters maybe and set the fov high you, enough to count covers right well your ui would be mental because your boost indicator would be on the far right of the far right screen <laughs> well when do you like, need to see that really i guess it's an awesome game it's oh it's so much fun it's like the I haven't been there. It's not the most polished in places, but it's uh, whether it goes good or good or bad, it mostly behaves very, very well for a multiplayer game. You know, it's like 
lag is almost imperceptible. Well, um, when you're playing somewhere, there's no lag. Yeah, as I soon mean, as there is lag, you notice. Yeah, and I mean there are times yeah, when when lag hits, it, like it affects all your movement and it becomes real obvious. And there are times when watching replays where it does look like the ball has behaved a little weirdly on the bounce off some player or appears to have bounced off nothing uh, on occasion. But that is so rare that it's, you know, they've done a pretty good job, I think, with that stuff. Nice. And you play against PlayStation people. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's full-on cross-play. Although you can't, like, look up a PlayStation player, I don't think. Like, uh, you know, you can't, like, friend list them or anything like that. Or Well, I mean, you probably could if you turned on your PlayStation and just started entering usernames <laughs> from maybe. the game. Yeah, maybe you can. Because yeah, presumably it's just pulling their network ID. Yeah. Yeah, good, good, good question. But yeah, it's cool. I just kind of, like, as I said before, like, I, I, want, I want more pictures. I want more... Uh, more, more, more cosmetic stuff. I want like uh, uh, some of the some of the stuff that you see all the time. Basically, I would quite like to be a little bit more variable, like you know the goal explosion, which is awesome. I like the goal explosion a lot, but it'd be nice to have a few of them. <laughs> or you know, team customization is something Zach and I have spoken about, like like whether or not because it's always blue versus orange when you're playing online games but in the single player stuff like the teams have a bit more of a different colours yeah and then they try and put a personality on them and stuff like that team logos and stuff like that and that would be nice if that could somehow transfer into the main game like I mean, cause maybe would... if you're playing like team ranked or something where you've got you need a party of three people perhaps that that means you can assign like an identity to yourself or yeah because that would, that, be, that that would, would really obviously cool. make sense from the esports idea yeah to actually be able to have team icons and stuff imported into the game somehow yeah that'd be really neat none of it well i say most of it's already there they just need to yeah Need to need to make it possible for for online play. I mean, I I still think it's kind of weird how you have the when you do ranked, you have free versus free, and then you have solo free versus free. I think that makes sense because that means you don't end up getting clan stacked. You know, well, yeah, in a game makes, when you're not in a. It makes group. sense apart from free versus free should should actually just be separate as a team free versus free, and you have to make a team. <laughs> Then it would make perfect sense. But that's what that is what the normal three versus three is. Yeah, but no, because it's like you can go into that by yourself and you randomly assign into two other people. And it's just like that's not it's not forcing you uh, to I have a pre existing party or whatever. I see what you mean that you, you you would like there to be a forced three v three, like we have to have partied up. Yeah, like make it all like I mean it would be ridiculous to do it like this, but make it so that the ranking is based on that specific group of free people because I mean that's how Starcraft does it for their multiplayer games where it's just like your ranking is based on actual literally the other person you're partnered with you get a ranking for that partnership or whatever Uh, yeah that would be awesome (laughs) I'd I'd be on board for that this is the team like but then like then how far do you go with that do you like allow for like substitutions and stuff like that like you you actually have like a four or five member team but it's like okay like well i mean presumably if you had some if you played with someone else you'd just start a new ranking (laughs) yeah sure but yeah i do wonder if like (laughs) but yeah that's a bit that's like that's a lot of data that is mostly useless especially if you especially if it still operates within the same 
system of like you could just join a random match and then you'd be playing with people that you'd never play with again so that ranking would be completely pointless <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i would really like to see that yeah actually forced partied teams team ranking that would be cool that, that feels like what that game should be designed for in a way you know it's football it's yes. about the team yes feckin' awesome <laughs> <laughs> Rocket and it's power. nice to see that, as as we mentioned in the like news earlier, it's nice to see that it has been selling well, despite the fact that it was like, you, you could, yeah, you could argue that most of its popularity and most of its exposure has come from being free on PS Plus. Like, a bit of me wonders if it would have done well at all if that hadn't happened. Like in the same way that Super Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars didn't really do well. Well, I, I wonder if it also helped with like streaming off ps4 because that's like a double bonus it was free and you could theoretically just stream it <laughs> sure and it's a stream certainly a streamable game mm. in terms of like the content of it yeah yeah it's very just... it's very it's oh man yeah i've seen i've watched some stuff of like you know pro grade matches or it and look that it seemed to exist already and then man that stuff is fun to watch it's it's a cool thing. It's a as an esport, I don't think they really gunned for it. But boy, it, it's is this the one? Is this the one that makes esports like legit? No, I don't think so. Though. You're not still not sure. Well, there's just there's, I mean, it's, it's, there's it's literally like, it's, nothing it's, to it. So that's the problem. But it, that's the point, right? No, that's there's the nothing, problem. There's nothing to like real sport in a way. Yeah, in a way, apart from that, there is. If it was say a Rocket League where there was eleven on eleven, then you might be talking about something. I'd quite like to see that. <laughs> Like, if they just did an enormous pitch. Because then, 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 like, people can specialise into roles more. Yeah. And, I like, guess, and yeah. the actual, like, people matter. You could get attached to, to players more, maybe. Yeah. But then, because, yeah. like, the trouble with, like, if you compare it to Dota, Dota and stuff, the fact that there are different characters in Dota is really what makes it a game in itself because you're like you, the whole idea of picking and counterpicking and stuff is actually important and that's ha- like half of the tactics of that game is the whole idea of balancing the skills that you have and like the different types of character where it's like this guy is melee or this guy sure. is ranged or whatever yeah. and Laura Rocket League just doesn't have any of that that's why I thought that even in the, like the esports context you could still get away with having different maps because that would be part of the picking process you oh, pick what map yeah. that you think you're good at, or that the enemy well, is bad at. Maybe you can at. pick what is on your half of the pitch. <laughs> okay, that maybe would be a bit more ridiculous. Yeah, Two be, different halves. That would be kind of awesome. It's like this is our strategy. We want this design for our side, like our defensive strategy. Like, and then the enemy picks something that works against it. Like, so maybe like like depending on like, and that's what happens at the end of each half. Like, you get to re rechoice like the flip of the coin decides who picks their side first or something or, or second in reaction like so someone might build something that might have some battlements or something for jumping off <laughs> and then the other team can build like something that counteracts it so there isn't like a a neat route or something oh man that could be yeah maybe, maybe if it was to go full-on esports it would need some of that stuff but yeah it just seems like it needs something apart from maybe a bit more strategy like. i suppose yeah but I think we're getting there. This feels like, in terms of what we've decreed in the past as being what an esport might need to become acceptable <laughs> to the mainstream, this feels close. Yeah. 
it's a weird thing. Like, I didn't really. I think it surprised everyone just how. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just how much it's been uh, adopted and loved and has hooked people. I'm surprised. I really didn't think I would mm. be this into it. I was confused by all the discussion. It's like seriously, people have tried making car football in games before and it's never worked no i mean there was some kart racer on the mega drive i'm sure that tried it that's the first memory i have of there being a a car football game and it it was just garbage (laughs) and it's like someone they they pulled it off kudos yeah anything else (laughs) um I inevitably, because we talked about it last week, in a very similar way to me watching videos about stuff, <laughs> if we talk about something on the podcast, I went and played some Open Transport Tycoon again. Yep. Because I had <laughs> right, played yeah. that for a while. Of course you did. <laughs> Although I went in there because, well, firstly, I went back to it to see if anything had changed because they're still, you know, they're still working on that project in theory. And, you know, at this point, it's mostly quite minor stuff that's not re- really noticeable and they still haven't. I don't know if they're getting close or whether it's still like a long way away, but there's, you know, there's still the whole idea of a complete graphical overhaul that's not, because they've already done the redraw of the graphics where it's like, it, it's like how it is originally, but the open source mm. <laughs> where they, they redraw all the sprites basically. But they also want to do like the weird, like high res version where it looks even more ridiculous. Oh, sure. What the extra zoom in level or. Yeah. And that just like inherently means that things will look slightly different. Mm. I'm still not sure if that's going to get done because there seems to be like various overlapping projects where it's like sometimes it's just the higher res art, but sometimes it's also like redraws and like make the building actually look different, not just right. yeah. higher res in the same style or whatever. So I don't know how far that's got. So I didn't bother messing with any of the graphics files. I was like, I, I guess it still looks fine, still good. But then the other thing I went in to look for in a similar way to what I was talking about last time on the podcast about how a transport tycoon has inherent like endlessness because of random. Sure. And how industry giant has better industries, more or less. Mm. So I was looking through the, the mod list to see if there was any particular mods that do overhauls for the actual industries. And there's some, there's like a couple of big ones that have been around for quite a while. But the trouble is that, I mean, there's the, these two that I tried more or less are exactly the same apart from slightly different. It's like they have pretty much the same ideas just executed in very marginally different ways. Right. Where they like create new industries and modify the old industries to, to make them like overlap in different ways. And then they both to some extent have the idea of supply and demand affecting like production output more, more sort of logically than the way it works in the default game. Cause in the base game, it's just like, if you just supply a thing with a bunch of, well, it sort of doesn't matter for the mid, mid sort of mid middle industries in the original game. Mm-hmm. Like you can supply a sawmill with as much wood as you want and it will produce goods by proportion to how much wood you supply it. Sure, uh, but but 
when you're taking the wood from a forest, the amount of wood the forest outputs increases over time because of how regularly your trains are servicing it, basically. Right. So, like, the better service you're running of this wood service, the more wood you, that gets produced over time. So is it, like, a theoretical maximum? There is, a like, a theoretical, like, it's a bit limit, I'm sure, <laughs> where it's just, like, it maxes out at a certain point. But, yeah, so that's how it works in the base game. So these mods try to make it a bit more supply and demand-esque. But the trouble with it is that it's sort of... It's limited by the base game systems to a certain extent. So, like, in one of them, you have your sawmill and your wood place. And as soon as you start... As soon as you put a train that can pick up wood next to the forest, it starts producing. Mm. And then, similar to the base game, like, the more often the trains are there and the better the service is, the more wood it will produce up to a point but then on the receiving end that also has a same sort of supply and demand so when you're delivering the wood to it the 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 production per month is quite low to start off with but then as you make regular deliveries it starts to ramp up but the trouble with that is that it's also counteracted by if you're not taking the product away that limits how high the production can get so at a certain point, what what tends to happen... So you don't stockpile it, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what happens at a certain point is that basically the station stops accepting the input. Uh, Where, once you've supplied with, with a certain amount, it's like we can't take any more until it's worked through the backlog, basically. Hmm. I mean, you don't have to take away the products. There's sort of an invisible flow where it just goes away over time. Hmm. But it's much slower than if you were transporting it, of course. So that kind of makes it awkward in some ways where you're having to think a bit more about balancing the network. So to try and simulate like someone else picking up the product. Yeah, yeah basically. So, and then both these mods also have the idea that basically production ramps up to a certain point, but then there's like a, a middle cap where you have to supply each industry with a special like secondary product. In one of the mods, it's like vehicles, and in the other one, it's like industrial equipment okay. specific to each different kind of industry, like agricultural equipment for farms and stuff. But basically you supply that and then that like lets you into the second half of the production cap where you can make it go even higher. And that's sort of okay. But the trouble with with it is that I find that the changes are like too frequent. So when you're doing that supply where you're, where you're, where you're initially supplying the wood and it starts ramping up production, it can be really easy to accidentally oversupply it because the like production rate is switching too quickly. Mm. And you're like, well, if it had been higher this month, then they would have used all that, but it switched back. And now I can't supply anything to that station for however long it takes for them to drain the excess. Mm. So it's like, basically there's sort of a really big penalty for overshooting the limit, which kind of sucks. Because it's like, once it overshoots the limit, it hard locks you off from supplying anymore and has to wait for it to drain. Sounds like you just need to be able to set set the limits, right? So the trains can only deliver this much this often based on that scheduling stuff, right? Or... Well, yeah. I mean, in theory, you could get into a whole bunch of scheduling. And I was thinking about how to deal with the idea of supplying the vehicles to the individual industries, because they don't need very many. Mm. and there comes a certain like once it i was thinking you could probably use the conditional orders so it like when a train goes to a station and tries to unload but it doesn't accept it any longer because there's already enough there then it can use a conditional order to say 
if you're leaving the station and you're still full, try this next one. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So you could probably go somewhere else. Yeah, you could probably make a sort of workaround for that using that system. Mm. And I, it's sort of okay as a, like a semi more complicated system, but still feels sort of limited by the base game. And then really the other problem, which I realized once I started playing Transport Tekken again, was that it's like random maps is good for infinite maps. Mm. As I was saying about Industry Giant, it's like you can play this forever because it's always random. But the trouble is that like the way it generates industries in in Transport Tekken is, is just random and that sucks. <laughs> It's just like it's just a random sprinkling of industries all over the map. The that's not actually the, cool. The predictable route, like it doesn't give you enough help with actually sorting out a decent line. So, well, it's not the, the trouble. Well, my main problem with it is that sort of the start of the game, and then sort of later when you're starting the game, I've tended to now just start with the setting on minimal industries mm. which basically means one of each industry on the whole map oh, okay and then just regenerate the level until there's a reasonable route between two of them to start off with mm. to like give you your first income or whatever but the trouble then is that even with minimal industries and to a much worse ex- extent the other settings like higher industries is that I just think, firstly, it just makes too many industries. So it just, like, kind of negates the whole idea of transport networks where there's just every industry is everywhere. Yeah, sure, you can just do it. You don't need to come up with a solution, I guess. It's but just... it's like, that's sort of not a problem because you choose not to... <laughs> like, you choose not to do the shortest route if there's a lot of industries right. around. But also, I just think it's kind of ugly and annoying to have all these goddamn industries all over the place all the time just getting in the way. Mm-hmm. I just want more open countryside. <laughs> and then there's, you maybe know... that's the thing. Maybe you can write a generation mod. Well, there's various, like... There was a mod that I'd been playing with before, like the last time I played Open Transport Tycoon, that only works for the default industry, so it's not compatible with these other mods. But it changes the generation so that similar industries spawn in, like, clumps. And like, if one of them shuts down, it spawns a new one to keep the number of them more or less the same throughout the game. Mm. And that's like good in theory, except what the actual problem is then is that there's not in the default industries. There's not enough variance. It's like if it spawns six coal mines next to each other, that's something that you you'd theoretically do yourself in like the end game of transport taking. It's like you'd have one station and you try and cram as many coal mines next to it as possible to get as much coal going in there as mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. So your super fast trains would get as much coal really quickly. It's like that's theoretically how you play that game, but it's just like that's not really interesting. <laughs> that's why I wanted those new industries mm. to try and make it more interesting. Where it's like, oh, this is a furniture factory, so you need to deliver wood and glass for some reason glass tables i guess yeah to do, do combinations and yeah I can, I can see that so yeah it's like at a certain point it's sort of limited by the game and i was just thinking i was thinking about the ultimate game where it'd be a sort of combination of transport tycoons like railway networking because that's like really advanced industry giants like products because it has a lot of options and different ways you can use the same materials and then you want like factorio a little bit of factorio for just like you sort of want to be able to build because the way Industry Giant did like adjacent production buildings and stuff, mm. where you could build adjacent production buildings and it would give a bonus, and you could use storage areas to like transport between buildings without having to use any 
actual network, basically. It's like mystical teleportation. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like if you could have sort of like that, but in a factorial sense where you could build sort of industrial parks where you could build like the individual buildings and then build like internal roads between the buildings. Uh, yeah. And then like have your train station in the middle where it's like sh- this is the shipping out point. Hmm. If you could sort of combine all those things together, that would be how I'd think of you making a modern one of these kind of games. There's a question of, yeah, is that too deep or would you have to simplify all three of those systems to make it work? Yeah. Like... Yeah, interesting. Interesting idea. Mm. Zoom in. <laughs> you wouldn't. That, that is sort of that is sort of the major problem of even that idea is that if you were on the scale of open transport taking the like the n- number of factories would be too big for the size of the cities and the map. Mm. Once you get into the idea, I mean, even when you're at the end game and you're building like six coal mines next to a train station, and then you've got like a fucking twelve lane station that's like ten squares long or whatever, that's gigantic. That's like bigger than a town, and it's just a railway station. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the scale is kind of fucked. Yes. So at a certain point, you'd need to come up with some way of. Rescaling it. I mean, theoretically, nowadays you could have a really giant world. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it would be like a huge area of nothing in it, but it would just be like logical for scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Sounds like a well, any of those. As SimCity has proven, it seems like like modeling anything at sort of citywide or countryside scale is tricky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be awesome if you could. This is another thing that I thought about in like the ultimate game would be would be to have like when you build a factory building, you'd be able to like have a basically a hidden grid inside the factory where you could like this factory is a four by four square in the in the train network scale, but if you zoom in, you could go into the floor plan scale where it's like a twenty by twenty grid of small squares where you could set up conveyor belts inside the factory. (laughs) Just have recursion, basically. Yeah. And then each one of those, you go one step further, and then you've got an Infinity Factory game to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that would be pretty ridiculous. And you're a chemical plant, and you have to play a uh, space game. Pipelines. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be that. And then the other thing that I played just yesterday, well, two days, last two days of this week, was there was a patch for Space Engineers, of course, because it was Thursday. Sure. They're sticking to their schedule. Good on them. Uh, they introduced basically like combat AI sort of, well, basically enemy ships that actually have sort of semi combat intelligence, maybe a bit too intelligence with the first version. This was a thing that they introduced on Thursday and then patched on Friday <laughs> in the classic style where they made it. So there's pirate bases that spawn and they have guns and stuff on them and they're, they're like actual stations and then when you go near them, they spawn drones, which also have guns and can chase you and like attack you. And it's obviously like a still work in progress feature, but the work in progress bit that they kind of forgot for, on the, on the Thursday version of this patch was to make the enemies actually give up ever, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> which is something of a problem. So like if you flew anywhere near one of these bases and it spawned a drone, it would never stop following you forever, <laughs> no matter how far away you flew. So yeah, they patched that on Friday to be like 20 kilometers range and then they go home. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Needs Diego. Yeah, basically. So yeah, I've been messing with that. And there's been a few few other things since the last time I played that they've introduced, like making it so that you can have 
the conveyor tubes that like go between different storages and productions and stuff, those used to be just like a tube that you'd build and then stuff would go to where it was needed by request. Like when an assembler starts producing something, it would call up the right raw materials from wherever they happen to be and they just go into the thing along the tube network. Yep. Well, now, now they've also introduced a block that lets you basically have one-way and filtered tubes. Oh, okay. So you can actually manage it a bit better. Rather than just everything ending up in a big pile at some point, <laughs> you can now have like a specific container where all the ingots go. <laughs> and a specific container for products and a specific container for ore and actually have your networks sort it themselves. My, look at this unsavory ingot pile. And it's also quite nice for like you can have different refineries for different materials because it always used to be that like the refineries would just pull everything they possibly could and just work through it based on what order they were in the container. So if you wanted right. to, if you wanted to organize it yourself, you could be like, okay, I'm going to put iron first in this container. So iron goes to the <laughs> refinery first. And then if all that gets processed, then it moves on to the next thing. So you could sort of set it a priority that way. But then when you wanted one of the other things, you had to like drag it around manually to be like, oh, I need some platinum, better put platinum to the front of the queue so some platinum gets processed. But now you can just pick. Like, yeah, now you can just set up a specific refinery that's yeah. only for iron <laughs> and have everything else go somewhere else or whatever. Or as many refineries as you want. Just build as many as you like, one for each product. Who Who cares? Makes sense. And they also have blocks that you can attach onto the side of refineries to give them bonuses to like production or speed or whatever. What well, the way like the old SimCity like attach something to it? Yeah, so you can customize them, customize them a bit more. Hmm. Like have a refinery that's specifically for uranium and has four efficiency modules, so you extract as much uranium as possible per bit of ore, or whatever. So yeah, I've been messing around with that, building quite a complicated set of tubes. Not actually any ships, as Series ever. Of tubes. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, and I also I also reinstalled the mod that I think they seriously need to put in the game for real. The concrete mod that lets you build for reals asteroids, basically lets you lets you edit the voxel grid in reverse rather than just mining it out. You can put it back. No, oh, right. Yeah, and that's really cool. That should be in the base game. So you can build oh, like doorways that are actually embedded into an asteroid properly. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So yeah, space engineers. Space engineers. That's that. Shall I very quickly crap through mine then? How much do you have? I got a few things. Yep. I got some catch up from last week yep. that I forgot about. Still. Um, not gonna catch up with it this time either. No, so I'm, I'm gonna quickly gloss over the Call of Duty beta. Like Black Ops Three. That is a COD ass COD game. Yep. COD ass. Seem seems alright. I had a good time with it, but it's COD. Um Still no word on whether the single player will be any good. I'm I'm not so confident it will be. Um, then I played the Forza 6 demo. I think Forza 6 might actually be out now, so it's a bit out really? of date, this. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, from what I can tell, is it, it's, it, it is built entirely on the Forza 5 style. Um, so if you didn't like Forza 5, you're probably not going to like Forza 6. Um, but there's just more like of it. Yeah, five is fine. Yeah, I mean, like as a driving game, it's it's great. I think they made some style blunders, some bad style choices. Like their music in Forza Five was <laughs> god awful, and in Forza Six, it continues to be kind of bad. Um, well, it's not it quite can't be as, as bad as like Gran Turismo menu music now, can it? 
no, no, it's not. Jazz. What was it? What was it? GT five. Yeah, GT 5s <laughs> awfulness. Um, yeah, it's 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 still that slightly over dramatic, but not quite as dramatic as it once was. It's just not good. I would much prefer them to use the weight that they have behind Forza Horizon and put a licensed soundtrack in. Right. Yeah. I don't know why they don't. It's really weird. Um, it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. Um, Forza 2 had that anyway. awesome soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, Forza 2 is, is great. Yeah. Don't yeah. explain that my house. My house. Yeah, gold frap on it and stuff as well. It was a good soundtrack. Um, yeah, I don't know why, I don't know why they, they don't do that. And it's, it's just, it, it feels, maybe it's because they want to distance themselves from Horizon and say, look, these are very different things. Mm. But I would much rather they didn't. <laughs> That said, you know the actual racing, the game looks slightly better. It feels the same as Forza Five did, which is no bad thing. Um, but the big thing this time round is they've added uh, rain. Rain is the big thing. Like, cool. it's not it's not as cool as perhaps as some other games have done in the past. Like, it's not transitional. You like the rain is just a state of the track. Like, it's either on right. or off. So you can't okay. do like long endurance races where it's like oh the the, the fear of the rain setting in. Oh God, is this going to change everything? Um, none of that exists. Like you're just like, this is a wet, wet race. All right, fine. But what it does do is it does bloody well. Like the thing that struck me most about the wet stuff is like the, the feel of when you go into a puddle, like a rather large body of water compared to something else feels very realistic to me. Like in a way that I don't think I've experienced uh, in a racing game before the change of control the sort of unpredictable jolt you get as you hit the puddle mm. it feels great awesome. and it's like and i can't stress enough how good it sounds like this sounds like a weird thing to sort of bring up but given that we had the conversation not that long ago about how cars sound going through water in regards to dirt rally <laughs> play the forza six rain thing. bit that is how it should sound it is Fantastic. Like, unbelievably good. Awesome. Pushing things forward. Finally. Yeah, finally someone gets wet sound right. The important <laughs> question about Falls of Six is, are the spectators still TV polygons? I haven't seen any. Damn it. <laughs> and that's the other weird thing. Like, people have been saying that in some of the races where you've turned, like, simulation fuel and tyre wear on and stuff. When you go to the pit, there's no one there. Wow. Which that's, is... That's, like, lazy. Yeah, exactly. They should have. They should have done that. <laughs> it's... Because I think GT have done that in the past. Um, you know, it, there there are elements of the game where it's like, yes, this is a step forward, and yes, it's Forza being what Forza should be after, like perhaps the content loss of Five because of moving to the new engine and stuff like that. Forza Six is as big as a, a Forza game feels like it should be, um, but there are still these weird holes where it's like, mm, mm, perhaps they should push this a little more. Perhaps they should be. Um, doing this stuff by now rather than just being this is what the game probably should have been in Forza 5. But, you know, it's it's a Forza game. Like, it's going to be good, regardless. It looks the bomb. Still runs at 60, you know, which is nice. It, with weird 30 frames per second other animations going on, but, you know, Still, it's the yeah. same engine. It's the, you know. Cool. I had a good time with the demo. I recommend everyone should try it. Sounds it's encouraging. like 16. It's like 16 gigs worth of demo, but and you get like six races in it. But it's like 
It's like a TikTok, isn't it? isn't it? They're on a TikTok schedule, aren't you? Aren't they? Where they definitely, yeah. We'll probably see another Horizon next year, although we haven't heard anything about it. But, um, but I mean, I would, with the main Forza games, like they're on a TikTok, like the Intel processors or iPhones, where it's like this is the new one, and but it hasn't got as much stuff. And then okay, this oh, is and the then we'll catch it up. The new one, yeah, yeah. So that means, in theory, in four years' time, well, no, actually, the next one might be the next like boundary pushing one. And right. then maybe two years after that, we'll probably get the game we actually want to see next, <laughs> maybe. So, Forza 8. Looking forward Forza to Forza 8. 8. Yeah, can't wait for Forza 8. <laughs> Four years away. Drive it yeah, to It seemed good, but yeah. If you, if you can, experience that wet weather sound. It, it's pretty great. Uh, so <laughs> I'll that. look it up on YouTube. And then I won't yeah, well, yeah, it probably won't. <laughs> It there was there, it was really nice because of the surround setup for me. It's like there's yeah. something about the way like the rain was battle like when you're playing in car and you can hear it coming off certain parts of the car. It's like oh, it's really good. Um, so what else have I been doing? Uh, obviously a lot of Rocket League. Um, I finished Binary Domain. It's cool. like that that game took some unexpected directions, like in in its storytelling. It's like gameplay wise, it's, you know, it's exactly as I explained last time. It's the incredibly it's... obvious twist that we all thought was going to happen happened. No. Oh. A very weird other twist happened. All right, let's talk about this because this is insane. This is almost Metal Gear insane, <laughs> but not quite. It's like the main twist at the end of the game turns out to be that one of your teammates isn't one of these hollow child like robot things, but that one of them was born of a hollow child. Oh, right. That. The female hollow children can have hybrid babies, and that one of them was it, and it creates racial tension within the group. And it's like, well, but, it's like but they're not human. And that the, then there's a, some sort of like political order to cull all the hybrids and stuff once they discover what they are and things like that. And the story goes down that path, which is like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure I was expecting that. <laughs> and of course, the whole thing is, it turns out, has been run by an AI. Not by a dude. Like the dude got killed by the AI <laughs> and was masquerading as him for a while. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it. I didn't expect that. So in a way, that kind of succeeded. Nice, I guess. Because still... I just I didn't didn't see it coming, but yeah. But it's still got the generic gameplay. Yeah, you know, it's fine. It's fine serviceable it's one of those like third person shooters but it's you know, it's just not really special in any way you know it's all right french robot was awesome for the sort of middle portion of the game in which he's in he sort of disappears halfway like, mm. like you get you see him from about one third into two thirds in and yeah and then he's out of the picture again which is somewhat disappointing but he was cool want to see more of him french robots uh, and the only other thing I've really been doing in great detail was uh, I picked up Rare Replay. Ah, uh, it happened. So I played a ton of ZX Spectrum games. <laughs> Is that what you have you been starting from the start? I did for a bit. I got through five of them, I think, in the end. So I played. Uh, Jetpack, which is the first in the Jetman games, which is a very simple sort of arcadey fly, pick up the fuel, take it back to your thing. Keep doing this yep. uh, until you can fly away. Go to another level where the enemies are slightly different. Do it again. Keep going. Uh, and for what it is, that's absolutely fine. It plays quite well, you know? 
it's a it's an enjoyable little thing. Uh, its sequel, Lunar Jetman, is garbage. <laughs> Just okay. unplayable mess of a game. It's, it's horrific. It does that sort of Starquake thing of like enemies just sort of randomly spawn at you, but are so fast you can basically do nothing about it. Like, yeah. so if you're going to die, you're just going to die, which means that the the sort of handy rewind cheat that the uh, ZX Spectrum and NES games have in the package, where you can just hold left trigger and it rewinds time, becomes invaluable to make that game even remotely playable. Mm. It's a proper shit show. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're, suppo- you're, you're supposed to like. Yeah, it, it's got the same sort of Jetman controls, but you also have a... Uh, you're supposed to be, take a bomb to an enemy missile base and blow it up by dropping the bomb on it, but you also have to get your... But you have limited fuel, and so in order to get around, you basically have to get in your moon buggy and drive that to places, but your moon buggy is completely incapable of going over any lump on the floor. So if there's a lump on the floor, you have to get out and put a little bit of bridge in it to cover the gap. And of course, while you're out, you're vulnerable... And you're just going to get randomly killed by the randomly spawning stuff, and it's like no, it's 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 rubbish. And if you're too slow getting to the enemy missile base, then a missile is fired at your lunar rover, and if your lunar rover gets destroyed, it's game over, regardless of how many lives you have and stuff like that. And it, yeah, it's just it's an awful fucking thing. <laughs> Don't play it. Got it. Well, probably play it for the achievements, but you know, whatever. Cheat, cheat your way through as much as possible. <laughs> um. Uh, so then the next one is Attic Attack, or Attic Attack, because it's spelt weirdly. Um, that's kind of one word. And this game kind of kicked ass, actually. I really liked this. It's like um, a sort of classic, it's a bit roguey in that you're spawned into a castle. The castle is always the same design, but where items are in the castle is randomized. Uh, and the idea is to basically bring find and bring back three parts of a key, which will open the front door to escape the castle. Right, right. Um so you basically have to figure out... And there are tactics and there are bits that are fixed, and because the doors are... <coughs> ah, excuse, excuse me. Are always the same colour in the same place, and you need the right key to the right place. There are certain tricks you can learn to know, oh, this key is likely going to be here. Or if I go here, I know the key is going to be there because the only way out of the room is to use that key. <laughs> so if I get in that room, then the key has to be there, um, which is kind of fun. Like you, so you end up learning all these tricks and these uh, um, these rules and how to do things and stuff. And it, uh, it's a really quite engaging game while I was playing it. The one trick I was using is like obviously it, it has a sort of time or hunger mechanic, so you have to be constantly finding food around the place. And uh, you lose, you, you get hungry as you get hurt. So the only thing I was doing to make it sort of like palatable and get through it was to like whenever I got hurt was basically rewind it a bit and take that on again because the enemies are again randomly spawning for the most part right are, yeah can sometimes spawn on you and oh no like so <laughs> yeah so it's yeah yeah it just you know, I, I didn't have too much of a problem but I enjoyed my time with that that was pretty good cool uh, yeah <laughs> three down three down three down. Uh, I can't remember what the other. I think they were. All, oh, so, like there was four Spectrum games. The other one I played was Saber Wolf, which is again garbage. Um, like it's one of those. It's again the sort of like oh, you've got this massive maze that is fixed, and you're supposed to try and find four of these items and then get to the exit. But the map is enormous, like really, really, very, very big, but not really distinct. So if you go to certain areas, it's like this looks like every other area in the game. So knowing where you are is impossible without a map which i downloaded 
because of course and like it controls like garbage as well so you like you move around and you've got a weird momentum to your character and stuff and it's like a top-down maze but you can only attack to the left and right of you because of the way your character is animated so if okay. you're trying to get up a bit of passageway that goes up and down the screen it's like you're, you're gonna die <laughs> that sucks it, yeah it's terrible so once again turn all the cheats on and play it just to get through then you're it good. yeah uh, and the only other really thing I've been toying with was Slalom, which was an NES game, which is uh, a little bit like those sort of old 3D races at the time where, you know, stuff is being simulated coming towards you and you just have to kind of dodge it. Um, and it's kind of fine and it would be absolutely fine, but it is ruined by the uh, addition of other skiers that behave totally randomly. And like, could, like the game is super fast, so like, like actually doing the run well is really difficult on its own. But then when you introduce this random element of other skiers on the path on, on the on the path that can sort of, some of them will purposefully get in your way, others will move randomly, others will just drive in a straight line, and it's it ruins it. It totally ruins that game. This random element because it's just it's so it's too hard as it as, as it begins, and it's like this element is just unpredictable. Um, so again, judicious use of the rewind is your friend. <laughs> Go strike the rewind. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So slalom is middling, unfortunately. Uh, and then after dealing with all that, like I skipped all the other Spectrum games and so on. I haven't played any of the other stuff on it because at this point it was just like I need to get my head a little bit out of retro, and I've started playing Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> it's like a little less retro. Well, why not? You don't have to go all retro. All, I mean, that yeah. is retro, but you'd have to go full retro. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's N64, like the first Banjo-Kazooie, so not yep. nuts and bolts or Tui or something, which I have mostly played before. I never completed Tui, back in the N64 yeah. days, but I played. Well, I never played the first. I never completed the first one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to play through. I'm a, a little way into it. It's the not quite Mario Collectathon that it always used to be. Like, like You basically just have to pick up everything. That is that game. Collect everything. Figure out how to collect everything. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Still holds up. I, I'm still it enjoying does. it. It's cool. Yeah, I think it's all right. It's a little simplistic, but I think it's fine. It's like thematically, it's all over the place. Right. Because it's like, why am I picking up musical notes? Like, oh, the music, like, like, why is there a shaman in this and it's like no reason there just is okay then <laughs> you just kind of have to go with it i'll just accept it doesn't that. make yeah yeah doesn't make any sense but everything has a point and it's well explained so whatever well you know what they do is explained why they are what they are what they are is never explained but you know who cares it's fine it's all probably true of Mario as well, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mario 64. It just is what it is. And that's me. I'm done. Coolio. Well, I think that's going to be it for the sidecast, given we're out of time. Um, Indeed. Stay tuned for videos, etc. I don't know what's coming up. Uh, next so, will be Dank Souls. Dank Souls. Right. Enjoy the Dank Souls video. And <laughs> uh, we'll catch you next time for more um, crazy sidecast action. Whoop, 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 whoop. Bye. I still have to wedge myself out of this chair. Hang on. Hang on. Hey. Oh. oh, come on, legs. Oh, oh we've got to sign off from Zach. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to get up. All right.
Boy.